What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. Right, it's episode 206, and we are going to be joining our Voidtober week three. Voidtober. <laughs> with three movies and a trilogy. And one of my Dr. fucking Seuss here. <laughs> Green eggs and ham, I am. <laughs> uh, but we're going to be doing the Beyond the Door trilogy this week. Uh, for our Voidtober, so we got to watch three whole movies. Some of these are not called Beyond the Door 2, but we just called the trilogy because technically, distribution-wise, they called it the Beyond the Door trilogy. <laughs> You're going to tell us more on that? Yeah, we'll get into it, but I okay. just want to explain. The first one was Beyond the Door from 1974. The second one is Shock from 1977, which was also called Beyond the Door. And the third one is called... Beyond the Door... Three, Three. Yeah. 1989. Yeah. It's a huge gap. So we got like a, a pretty good, you know, 15 years, 16 years of movies there. Like three movies in 16 years. Yeah, it's weird. It's crazy, right? I guess. <laughs> but anyway, guys, I hope you guys have been enjoying the season, enjoying the holidays, the holiday, rather. <laughs> enjoying the holiday and celebrating uh, Halloween, however you got to do it. Um, maybe rubbing COVID all over your face and balls, whatever it is that you like to do. <laughs> <laughs> or just beating the shit out of your neighbor for a sign they have in the yard, whatever it is. Whatever. It's 2020. Yeah. Happy, happy, happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I'm really, I'm actually really excited to talk about these. There's a lot of different stuff about these movies. It's really hard to rate these ones too. Like, I don't yeah, know why really for is. me it was really tough because there's every single one of them is so different. Mm -hmm. They excel at different things and don't excel at other things. So. Yeah, so you can't really place it in a right. so bad it's good, but well, it's no. like, but it is bad, like, but it's not. Right. <laughs> like. Well, some I don't want to give a lower score to just because, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but we'll get into it a little bit more here. Did you have a good week this week so far? Or? Yeah, I'm good. We paint. do anything cool? No. We painted, you said? Yeah, started painting the kitchen yeah she's like like every day like a new piece of the house is like painted i'm like wait what <laughs> well i'm like in here fucking slaving away doing reviews and yeah. shit what's that slaving it's a part of the work you but know what i mean we have one more episode of lovecraft country that you can watch on youtube mm, that's gonna be out tomorrow or mm -hmm. hopefully the next day yeah we'll see yeah, we try to get them up as quick as we can, but those are like 30 minute episodes usually. So we like get in depth into it. So it takes a lot of editing and shit. So, mm -hmm. and I got to piece in together all kinds of video and photographs and shit like that. So, but it's been fun 
doing those YouTube yeah. reviews. And they've gotten a lot of reception, actually. We've gotten quite a bit of um, commentary from people, good and bad. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, our first <laughs> episode was like one of our biggest. And, you know, we made the big mistake of not fucking like going into detail. <laughs> going into depth. Well, we did go into detail. We just didn't look things up because we were like trying to get it up that day. Right. And then we were like, okay, well, we should probably not do that. But I think (laughs) that upset the hive. (laughs) But yeah, no, there's been some really cool people that stop by and have have made some comments and stuff like that. So pretty excited about that. Really like the show. I'm kind of curious how this last episode is going to be. Right. I'm sure it's going to be a fucking, you know. Tearjerker. Tearjerking. Surprise. Hang cliffhanger yeah, you know it'll I mean? totally be a cliffhanger yeah it's gonna be one of those like ah, oh, great so what we gotta wait three years for the next <laughs> fucking episode fucking hbo yeah d will be like 27 in the fucking <laughs> show <laughs> uh, but yeah but we're actually kind of looking forward to not doing the lovecraft country because it frees up a little bit more time for us right to not have to do research and stuff even though we enjoy the show doing the episodes is a lot of work it's a lot of work <laughs> so uh we're kind of looking forward to watching whatever the fuck we want on that day so mm-hmm. but what have you guys been watching i'm curious like i know i've been seeing everybody posting stuff like some people are adhering to a very strict schedule you know one movie per day i'm like I, oh the 31 i can't do 31, that the halloween yeah. 31 like i just watch what i watch when i feel like it right. when, it, when i do it in a regiment well, like that then i feel like i'm i'm having to watch but, something but it's a challenge i get I it get it like, I'm not like saying it. I'm not saying anybody's wrong for doing it. I'm just saying that's just not right. how I like to do it. Right. Well, you're a, you're a on the go. Dude, like when person. I go into a fucking record store, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I want to buy. And then I get in there and I'm like, wait, let me think about this. And <laughs> so I start. Yeah, it changed my mind like on the fly. Like I, I'll watch a movie sometimes and then I'll be like, yeah, I'm not in the mood for that. And then I'll just put on something else. And I'm like, oh, that's the one, you know, like right. that's how I am. Right. So I don't know. But yeah, I hope you guys have been enjoying watching some horror movies. I got some outside of the ones we're watching that we need to watch, too. Like, I would love to watch Evil Dead, too. Right. I would like to watch, I don't know, whatever we can, really. I want to watch Terrified again. Oh, yeah, we need to watch Terrified. Atarildos. Right. That's what it's also called. But yeah, it was the one on Shudder, if you guys haven't seen it. It's really me, good. Me and Jason from Sinister Cinema talk about it, like, nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of our favorite movies. Guys, don't forget, if you want to sign up for the giveaway that we're going to be giving away that is worldwide, you need to hit us up by adding us on our VIP club on the longlivethevoid.com website. You have to be signed up and subscribed in order to be able to participate. So that means if if you throw our emails in your spam, then it will automatically unsubscribe you. So don't do that. You won't win. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, do that. Uh, But yeah, I think it might be that time. What time is that? I don't know. what. I don't even... (laughs) Just shut up. (laughs) Horse shots! Off. <laughs> That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> Should have done that for the Amityville. Oh, whatever. It's fine. Guys, so we're going to jump into our horror shot this week. And we decided, you know, the original movies what started all of these movies anyway, in some regard. Like, they might have been called something else at some point in time later on. But we figured stick to the classic. You know what I mean? The classic one that started it all, which is oh, be- the Beyond, beyond the, the Door. door. In the movie, there's this these kids that cuss like sailors and uh one of them actually is kind of creepy and he's always drinking out of like split pea soup 
Campbell's split piece. Yeah, so we figured we'd do a shot themed around the beyond the door, and we put a can of that in our picture, if you look. Mm-hmm. So for you fans who have seen the movie, you'll be very happy that it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a very odd thing to be in the movie. But I guess it's kind of like an homage, since it's like an exorcist ripoff. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Come on. I, th- I think it was creative. To clarify this for you guys so you understand, this movie was also called The Devil Within, as well as Chasey or something like that in Italy. It the Devil Within Her. Yeah, it was The Devil Within Her. So we figured we'd call this shot The Devil Within for the Beyond the Door 1974 <laughs> shot. <laughs> anyway, so what's in the fucking Devil Within? Well, it's pretty much something that we should have had for the last episode. Right. Which was for the movie we did... We're still here, which mm-hmm. they had B and J liquor in the movie. J and B, which is yeah, it was supposed to be a, a thing of J and B, right? So we actually went out and bought J and B because yeah, in this movie it. we f- we saw them drinking J and B. We're like, there it is again. Yeah, because now I look for it. Yeah, so we decided to get it this time and uh, do it kind of classy. Yeah. So we did this. This is basically just a J and B ginger ale shot. It's like a mixed down version of a cocktail that you can have. Mm-hmm. You're going to mix this in a, in a mixer first with ice. So you're going to take two shots of J&B. And this this should make enough for about two and a half shots, maybe three, uh, give or take. But you're going to take two ounces of J&B poured in the, in the mixer. You're going to take one ounce of ginger ale poured in the fucking mixer. And then you're going to take a dash or two, no more than two, of bitters bitters of your choosing. Uh, we used agornasta. I think that's what it's called. Right. Agornasta, which is another type of bitters, which is, I think, lime. I could be wrong. But we decided to use that. You shake it up. You pour your shots. And that's how you have a devil within her. All right. Well, within you. So. <laughs> Scotch. Scotch. It actually tastes pretty good. That's really good. <laughs> the face she's making says otherwise, guys. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> All the chunks really do make it look good, Christina. What is that? Speaking of Campbell's. You're out of control. (laughs) But yeah, guys, if you would like to try a Devil Within, all you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section. Now, that's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So let's continue this Voidtober shit right now. Our third week, only one more week, and we draw a winner next week. Mm Mm-hmm. Where we're going to pick a winner for next week, and we're also going to say who won the tagline thing. So if you would like to still be a part of that, just as a heads up, write us and let us know. We had a tagline for the podcast. We had a few good ones, actually. Um, one that was kind of anonymous. I didn't know who the hell it was. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin, if you're listening, let us know <laughs> who you are. Um, but yeah, so if you guys want to come up with a tagline for our podcast, we may or may not use it. I mean, obviously, if we get something good, we're going to fucking use it and give you bragging rights for show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can just write to us in any of our things and let us know what you think a, a, a slogan for us are. I think Should I share any of the ones we got so far? Yeah, why, why not? Let's do it. Okay, one from Isaac Thorne, a buddy of ours. He said, a drink and some laughs for your journey through hell. Mm, that's fun. Kendall, Brian Kendall from the Terrible Terror podcast and more. He said fucking mind powers, which is kind of a joke. Because <laughs> mind powers. <laughs> <laughs> they like what I do that, I guess. I, <laughs> I 
I can't help it. Uh, what is wrong with you people? Yeah. Why do you like that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We got another one from Kevin. If you're out there, I love you. Uh, he came up with a really good one, and I think this is a strong contender so far. Uh-huh. So if you guys can beat this, but we got Beyond Horror, Beyond Laughs, Beyond the Void. <laughs> that that's, does, that's pretty good. That sounds like a, a movie tagline, like we do. Yeah. Uh, it sounds kind of like legit, you know? Yeah. Like, but I don't know if I could say it at the end of each episode. Hey, stay for beyond horror, beyond <laughs> beyond laughs, because we're so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> and beyond the void. <laughs> Maybe Just if we like got that. Nick to say it, you know, because he's the fucking starship. Th- but it, that might work. But anyway, <laughs> we'll be doing that next week. So we're going to jump off into Voidtoba. This is the longest segue into our fucking <laughs> yeah. flesh and potatoes we've ever had. So let's go ahead and jump into our Voidtober week three. Our flesh and potatoes of this week with Beyond the Door from 1974 and Shock 1977 and, and Beyond the Door 3. 1989. Let's go ahead and jump into that right now. All right, guys. So Christina's going to kick it off. She did the beginning work on this one, so... Beyond the Door, 1974. Why why are you rhyming all the time? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) A.K.A. The Devil Within Her. A young pregnant woman in San Francisco who is going to have the devil's baby during her strange possession. A stranger shows up to help her, but what does he really want? Tagline. The ultimate in horror. (laughs) That's not a very good tagline. Ours is better. Um, (laughs) the director of this film is Ovidio Asanitis. Yep, that's pretty damn good. There's two directors on this movie. The other one is Robert Barrett. Now, Video, who also was a writer of this, he has produced a shit ton of stuff, but he has directed Madhouse from 1981, mm-hmm. Piranha 2. Which we've covered, yeah. And Tentacles. Mm-hmm. How do you say it in Italy? He's originally from, apparently, Egypt. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, okay. but he took uh, up spot in uh, Italy or something. That's what I hear anyway. Mm-hmm. There's a total of eight writers on this film. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> okay, I'm only going to do two. Antonio Teresa. He's written a lot of screenplays in the 70s, including Manic Mansion and The Tree with Pink Leaves. And then just also another notable writer is Aldo Crudo. Uh, he wrote the 1975 movie, The Return of the Exorcist. Mm. Also, another writer, I have to mention Alex Rebar, because he was an actor in a movie we recently reviewed, uh, Amityville Horror, The Evil Escapes. He played Reed in that movie, but he was a writer on this film. This movie stars Juliet Mills. She plays Jessica. She has been acting since she's been born, and she's still acting. That's awesome. She has been in Waxwork 2, mm-hmm. Lost in Time. Um, lots of 80s TV, like main, main characters like in The Love Boat, Murder, She Wrote, Passions. Recently, she's been in Hot in Cleveland as a recurring role. And she's also recently going to be starring in the, a movie called Finding Hannah. Mm, okay. Okay. 
Gabrielli Lavia, who plays Robert. He is an Italian actor. He has been in movies such as Deep Red from 1975, Inferno from 1980, Evil Senses from 1986, and Revenge of the Dead. Richard Johnson, who plays Dimitri, has over 140 credits. Some notable ones is Zombie from 1979. He was in Laura Croft Tomb Raider. He was in a Tales from the Crypt episode, that Ear Today episode. I remember that one. It was fun. He was also in The Monster Club. Nino Segrini. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Who plays Dr. George? Stanton. Yeah. Stanton. Stant- uh, yeah. He was in The Howl and Cave of Sharks. Also, the kids, David Colin Jr., he was in this and he was in shock. He hmm. plays the, the kid. And then Barbara Ferrini, who plays Gail. Mm-hmm. The only other movie she was in was called Bad Kids of the West. And it, it doesn't look like she was, she went on to pursue a career in acting. Um, the budget for this movie, $350,000. Mm-hmm. That is cheap. Yeah, it is. Well, and I heard, I heard it was did- less than that, actually. Yeah. They, they, it's kind of a jumble mix, but you know, maybe they spent more money on advertising so that equated into it or something mm-hmm. like that. But I had heard 160. Wow. That's when, crazy. Yeah. Originally. And that it also made 15 million at the box office, but technically it's made over $35 million now. Oh, well, that's good. So I don't know how that works out, but that's what they say. Mm hmm. And what did you think of this film, Mr. Alex? I have to admit that I was really excited to rewatch this movie. I watched it and talked about it briefly in one of our episodes, like in the very beginning. And I went back today just to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I literally talked about it for like two minutes. That's it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> was it was it a good was it a good thing? I mean, I the way I described it and how I liked it and I was kind of blown away by it. Yeah, but I do remember some things about it and the release that I just picked up, we got from Code Red. It was a copy we picked up at uh on the cheap from uh that bookstore that we order from every now and then. The, oh, Bargain Books or something? Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. remember what it's called, but but I got the Code Red release which it looks beautiful and it includes 15 minutes of unseen footage which doubled my excitement when I was going to rewatch this when I was going to rewatch this, but the extra footage might have made it worse. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm a little confused. Um, I'm not sure if there was changes in the music too, or something. What something was different this time I watched it. Mm-hmm. I still really like it. And I still really adore it because of the things that they do in it and seeing it in that beautiful, like print, like mm-hmm. from what I watched it in, which was like garbage. Like it looked terrible, whatever I watched it on. Like, like it was on the shittiest beta used tape <laughs> I've ever seen. Like, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm misremembering in, you know, how I enjoyed it or something like that. Or if this time it just was not as great, but don't get me wrong here. I still love it. On, on one hand, seeing this movie so clear for the first time was just insane. It just looks beautiful. So I'm impressed with just how good the transfer is. But before this, I watched, like I said, that scratchy version. So it really does kind of confuse me. Maybe it added to the atmosphere. Like some people like to watch horror movies on VHS still to see all the imperfections and, you know, shitty transfers for some reason, because that's how they remember it. I don't know. Maybe they're right. 
But either way, the the movie's considered to be one of the ripoffs of The Exorcist, and for good reason. This would not be the first time an Italian film borrowed ideas from, you know, other more popular movies and tried to make a buck off of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to kind of, like, get people like, oh, I need that, that Terminator itch scratched, or I need that alien itch scratched. Oh, we got something for you, buddy. Oh, we got to something for you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'm just trying to say, but like they got sued. This this movie got sued by Warner Brothers for The Exorcist for the same reason, because they felt like it was pretty much straight up rip off of The Exorcist, which, you know, I can see where they got that. And they obviously won it in a court case Mm -hmm. because it was like that year. And it took them, I think it was like five years almost to settle that court case. Right. It didn't get settled until like 1979. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers won. They took a chunk of it and they also got percentage of any money they make off it from the going forward. Mm. So they're part rights owner to it. So. Uh-huh. But it's I personally think this movie has like its own personal take on. Like it's kind of like a mix between Rosemary's Baby mm-hmm. and The Exorcist done the Italian way. It's shot in in San Francisco for half of the movie and the other half in Rome in a studio. But it's still pretty cool. Like I like that they go like in places that you wouldn't see in The Exorcist or some of the things that they did that were trying to rip off The Exorcist kind of somehow exceed the exorcist in some ways not a hundred percent don't get me wrong the exorcist is still the the queen of fucking you know demonic possession movies (laughs) or whatever you want to call it but yeah it's good old italian what the fuck do we have here kind of movie you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i like it the ones that offer just a little bit more that what the fuck are the best and this one actually does have some of that in there there's some of the sound design that they do in this movie that just trips me out like some of the the sound effects that they choose to use like (laughs) like demons orgasming or something i don't know what the fuck they're doing uh or just like weird shit that they add in there like, I, I don't know. It kind of adds to the experience, even if you can't take it too seriously and they go a little too far sometimes. But this one, the reason that this one really gets under my skin a little bit is that they were trying to tell this, like, side story so much. And they kept mm-hmm. concerning you with about it uh, for this big buildup to where this guy, this character was going to be, have this showdown. And it was the weakest showdown. So it was like, it kind of makes it feel like, well, what the fuck was this guy's point for being in everyone's lives so much? Right. For this showdown, this, this is what we're going to do. Like, let's just say there is vomit in this movie. It's not as good, nearly as good as The Exorcist. But I think that's what they were trying. I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to go for. The performance by Juliet Mills is not as good as Linda Blair, but it's still pretty damn good. Yeah, she's pretty good. I thought she did a really good job, actually. She made it kind of legitimate. Yeah. And she is really creepy, especially with that fucking makeup on. Like, into her head right. turning. And right. that the, the, the neck spinning scene that they try to rip off in this mm-hmm. is actually creepier. Yeah. Because it's Let's slow. It. Yeah. And she's like, ha 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 that plastered, fucked up, creepy ass smile on her face. <laughs> See, it looks like fucking Kirsten Dunst. Like, a, <laughs> you can't, you before can't she say was born. That. Yeah. <laughs> she really does 
But some of the dialogue is just plain nuts. You know, you got Satan speaking to you, his little plot, like all these different things. The kids who who act like they're 27 years older than they are, like their dialogue is very like no kids, no little kids, no toddlers would say shit like this. Right. But they're saying it somehow. And since it's dubbed, I guess they got away with it. <laughs> it was pretty good. I don't know. It's just a little jarring, but it adds to the S big flair. The so bad it's good. And I would say that all three of these movies fit perfectly fine in the S big category. You can watch these and kind of have a ride or you can just have these and eat pizza and laugh. So mm-hmm. I think I think you can do both. This mm-hmm. one in particular does have an atmosphere to it. Um, even though it's kind of jarring at times. Obviously, this isn't the better movie over The Exorcist, clearly, but it's still a good watch. And I think anybody who's a seasoned Italian horror fan should watch it if you haven't seen it. Not only because it's a piece of history, but it's freaky and weird. Mm-hmm. It does have some weird, creepy moments in it. Yeah, it does. Even if it's broken up over these periods with this weird dialogue. And it differs enough that it makes it a somewhat of a surprise that when you watch it, it's not like you're watching The Exorcist, you know, like play out beat for beat, because it definitely does not do that. It just, right. it just borrows a couple of instances and does its own thing. But I'd give this one like a six out of 10 for the S big Italian, you know, rip off fan movie. I don't know. It's just the, you know, maybe this time it could be higher, you know, if I don't know this time, it just didn't yield the same results as I remember. Right. So, I don't know. What do you think, though? Oh what my did God. you did you enjoy it? No. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I and I and I thought about it. I thought about it like really hard. Uh, I just was not amused with this movie. Yeah. Well, you were but, also kind of tired. I'm always tired. Yeah, I know. But no, it was rather slow. It doesn't pick up until like more than halfway through. Yeah. So I lost interest. Yeah. That's my. I, I mean, problem it's with fair. Movies, you know. There's lots of scenes um, with, like, the characters just, like, wandering around aimlessly. I don't know if that's the 15 minutes of added footage. Yeah, like the walking around. No, it's uh, not. Is it really? Oh, my God. That that kind of bugged me, and I noted all the times. Um, I did like the kids acting. It it was, like, really... um, Funny? Yeah, it was funny. Okay, I was going to say. it was so, like... like, And there's this Jamiroquai scene with the kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Um, I liked liked how it was in the 70s, of course, because it's all that 70s nostalgia. And I liked the exorcist nods with the Campbell suit pants. And she looked exactly like Linda Blair when she was possessed. I liked how it was filmed in San Francisco. It was cool to see. You know, they they did the Golden Gate Bridge. They did all the tourist shit. They did the the windy street. I forget what it was called. You know. They they, added all the, like, key points in there. Yeah, they had Alcatraz in the background of, like, one of the shots. But it was filmed well. Some of the shots were really great. Yeah. There's some cool ideas in there, for sure. Oh, yeah. There's cool ideas, but it just, for me, it didn't hit me at all interest wise yeah so entertainment wise three out of ten okay well did you think what did you think of the uh, like possession moments like did you enjoy those i enjoyed them but i felt like they weren't long enough like it was just like it was like here's a two minute or like a one minute thing yeah oh my look my head's spinning yeah and i noticed with the exorcist like they do have several different days i think Mm -hmm. where they do it but like they have long swaths of moments 
where they're in there like fighting her right right, right. they like, did they did and i mean like you said like you get towards the end i won't spoil anything but it was just like this build up for what yeah i mean it's definitely not going to replace the, the exorcist anytime soon but oh well no it's a cool effort but, and i like seeing someone else's version of that a little bit i like something about ripoffs really kind of yeah, like no you're right you're strike right that like it's kind of funny because like i watched that freddy krueger the the mm-hmm. bollywood freddy krueger one and mm-hmm. i was like kind of into it i don't know why Right. Because it's just silly and weird. It's why, like, we like, well, you know, sometimes we like to see things remade. Because you like to see it from a, if it's a movie like, some people like to see another person's perspective. Well, this did really good. So that's why it's, it's a little surprising to me. And I don't know if it's just because. I don't know. I don't know what it is because I remember being ecstatic about this movie mm-hmm. the last time I watched it because I was like never seen it. Maybe I I ruined it for you. Yeah, your so just annoyed. your energy is just draining. Yeah, it really it really is. <laughs> I have strong your hatred of movies. I have a strong energy when I'm annoyed, <laughs> and everyone must know. <laughs> Anyway, so I think it's worth a watch, though, if you're into Italian ripoff stuff. Like, I think it's worth, like, kind of just seeing how different it is. Even just just for that is a selling point to own. Like, for Mm -hmm. me, like, I like to buy weird shit like that. But, again, for other people, it may not be so good, but... Uh, I think it's got some funny shit in it. I think it's got some serious cool stuff in it. It's got a really cool segment with the kids where you called it Jamiroquai. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that was kind of cool too. So I don't know. I would like to hear what you guys think if you've seen it. It is available on a couple of different platforms. I think you can go in and watch it on Tubi as well as uh, Amazon Prime right now. Um, so if you want to check those out before we get into the spoilers and then come back or whatever, as a matter of fact, just for all of these movies, this is going to be a, a little bit of a longer episode than we normally do because we've got three movies to do, obviously, which will take a little bit longer. So if you, at any time you want to skip to go to our spoiler free review of the next movie or the third movie after that, all the timestamps of everything that we do are down below and you can find those there to jump ahead. So, but other than that, Here's your warning. All right, so what do you want to talk about first? Like, what 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 really upset you about this movie? What- well, the first thing I noticed the most, the music. It was like this funky soul music that they started doing. <laughs> well, funky soul, yeah. Well, I, we didn't even talk about that. We should have talked about that in the. That could have been spoilerific. It's not spoiler. Oh well, I don't know. Oh, now that I remember that I'm looking at my notes, I thought it was weird they had this narration thing at the beginning and they never like came back around to they it. They did. They did. Did they? Yes, they did. Oh, maybe I was so bored I just didn't hear them. They did because the guy comes back at the very end and he's like, "Oh, Dimitri, you blah blah blah." He's like, "Cause the boy, remember, he turns into the." Mm-hmm. He has the, the eyes, and he he opens that box that somebody gave him, which I think was Dimitri. No, the mom gave him that box in the car. Yeah, but well, she whatever. It's the same car the that Dimitri box. was driving. Oh, they show it again for a brief second in the middle of the movie, right. just like randomly because it's like flashback. Oh, I'm having flashback. Right. So, but they show him taking it out and then throwing it over the side of the ship, and that's when. He, because Satan freezes time in the very beginning for Dimitri because he went off the road and he says, hey, look, I'll let you live for a few more days if you do my bidding. Right. And I need you to strip that baby from her womb to (laughs) provide me a son. (laughs) Whatever. And uh, yeah, because it's the second coming of Christ, right? Or the second coming of, or the, not the second coming. So it's the omen too. It's Rosemary's baby, the exorcist and the omen. Right. I just didn't want to say that too much in the beginning. Right. 
second one people say more is the omen than yeah. anything uh, yeah. but so when the mom in the beginning the mom is like driving the kids around and then i remember um he's drinking out of that fucking campbell soup can with a straw and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> like who did, did they used to do that back then did they used to just drink soup out no of i don't i think that's weird i but don't know what it is i didn't realize it until you said it was you said it was a uh, split pea soup right green soup or whatever it's called and then i was like oh it's almost like the like visible middle finger from uh a video to say like it's still my movie bitch (laughs) i know i'm taking it from you but they kept showing it like throughout the whole movie they would have these campbell soup cans and i I thought that was funny i thought that was clever yeah i think that's funny there they were there can we talk about that scene real quick before we get into some of the trivia oh yeah So these kids and their mom pick up their dad, or I guess it's their dad, right? It is their yeah, dad. Yeah, that this one, it's their dad. At the time, we didn't know when we we're starting this, and that's how I wrote it. But he's like trying to be all sexy to the mom, and they're having this like kind of jokey, kind of fun talk back and forth, and they're being kind of harsh towards each other in a very friendly way, uh-huh. and. He tries to be all sexy to the mom and she sort of laughs it off. And then the kids in the back seat who are literally probably three and seven at the Mm -hmm. most. It's like a little boy who's like three years old and her sister who's like seven or six. Mm -hmm. And she starts talking about how they carry on, how their parents carry on like that. It's a real bad scene. Like, goddamn, man. (laughs) (laughs) Say, man, what was that name you gave dad, Ken? And he's like, asshole. (laughs) The parents like look back like, what the fuck? (laughs) They all laugh like the kids are laughing at them. (laughs) And then the kid chucks his soup can out like, (laughs) and I don't know why that just caps off that little moment right there. It really does. And I'm going to share that on social media because I just find it so stupid and funny. It was it was ridiculous, <laughs> especially to like start the movie off like that. You're like, what the fuck is going on? I genuinely and there was movies that I've done before where they were casting older kids, but they somehow just ended up with younger kids for whatever reason. Right. And I wonder if they were written to be a little bit older than this. It seems like it was because the way she's like talking jive and shit. Yeah. Like, this jive turkey, like, she says stuff like that, and, like, you're like, what? (laughs) You're six, dude. Like, what the (laughs) fuck? And I don't know if they were just trying to be cute or what. I mean, the dad was a record producer, so I don't know. Maybe it's just, just like, how the people they hung out with, maybe? I don't know. Someone needs to, like, put her in the trunk. Cages. (laughs) Kids belong in cages. Oh, my God, Christina. (laughs) That's not true. Yes, it is. (laughs) I don't have children for reasons. <laughs> we don't have enough money for cages, I guess. <laughs> Jeez. We're totally joking, people. Uh, in case you knew here, figure it out. <laughs> uh, so, Gabriella Lavia, the father in this movie, said that one, he the, the day he got a call, he was asked to fly to San Francisco for the movie. He was like, wait, what? San Francisco. He's like, I don't even know what the weather's like out there. Like, what am I supposed to wear? He's like, you got to get on a plane like right away. We got to fucking shoot. So he, he went like immediately. And supposedly this movie helped him out with his movie career a little bit. And he got to drive his first American car and, you know, on the street. He'd never driven a car like that before because they don't they didn't have cars like that in Italy. Right. You know, not, not back then right, so much. Right. You know, nowadays it might be a little different. 
Well, America, you know, we need these big cars. I don't think Italy even now has really big cars because their no, streets are so small. We got little so We got to make it bigger. <laughs> Richard Johnson, who also played Dimitri, said that the premiere, the director put ads out asking anybody with a heart condition not to see this movie. Trying to use it like The Exorcist. Right. Did. Trying to use it as promotion. And then he had actors that he paid to be in the audience. Oh, my God. One that would have a heart attack and the rest that would be like, somebody help her and like, you know, try to help her. And then they paid like fake ambulance people to come get her. <laughs> I'm wondering what scenes. I don't know. Like, there was this, you know? there was this weird thing that Lamberto Bava talks about in shock too about jump scares. And now that's like frowned upon thing. But back in the day, that was actually yeah, they how you would it. elicit something from somebody a little mm-hmm. bit. Now it's like, well, you're considered layman. Uh-huh. A layman, if you <laughs> if you do that. So, but anyway, um, I thought it was kind of funny that they did that. But there was actually a riot that happened in Thailand where people were trying to get in to see this film. What? Literally a riot for people to get into the theater to see this. That's weird. I, that's what they said. I mean, the movie did really well for them. Like, it really did right. very successful. Right. Especially off the heels of fucking Exorcist. Yeah, because people Be- want more. They were like, I've never seen anything like that in my life. I want more. Right. right. Exactly. So they that's the kind of gap that the Italian cinema would always try to fill is, oh. is that, that, you know, whatever was interesting at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, That's why Zombie did so well as well, because of Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So Zombie 2 in, in Italy, technically. But this movie did so well that Richard Johnson got an offer. He got that 1%. Hey, we'll give you 1% of the profits or $20,000. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take the 20000 my man. <laughs> and Julia Mills did the same thing. Hmm. Had they not, they would have made a lot more money right. than they did. Even with the Warner Brothers uh, oh, lawsuit. lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, the distributor for the U.S. had already been picked until Edward Montoro had a, the head of, uh, Ventures International, which was somewhat new at the time, came up with a really super detailed plan on how they would distribute it in America. And Ovidio was like really impressed by this, but he had no money. <laughs> so he sold his car apparently for a hundred thousand. I don't know if that's Lira or whatever the fuck it was in Italy, mm-hmm. but it said a hundred thousand. And that was apparently enough money that he needed to do the distribution in in America. So they partnered up. And in the end, obviously, it paid off because, you know, they made a lot of money. So the director said that a lot of people say that this was a ripoff, like we've been talking about, which I would agree it is. He disagrees, of course. He said that if if his movie is a ripoff, then then the exorcist is a ripoff of rosemary's baby and then rosemary's baby is a ripoff of a hundred other films before it. right so he doesn't agree that it is a ripoff i mean it is different yeah but it was different. definitely inspired by the exorcist they uh, shouldn't have made her look like the. if exorcist. it wasn't a possessed dude it would have been a little different yeah that's true it's a woman right she's pregnant which is different but it's still mm-hmm. um you know like i don't know it's not a child Still mm-hmm. putting split pea soup, that middle finger that he put in the fucking movie where the kids drinking and all the whole movie. Like, come on. Hilarious. That's almost like him saying, ha, 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 ha. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Right. Fucking suit. It's too clearly obvious that, that that's almost like that. I don't know. I mean, whatever. Split pea soup and exorcist go together like fucking peas in a pot or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Peanut butter <laughs> and jelly. 
um, he did also talk about the sequels of the movie as well, and he said that it was stupid that they used his name, mm. and that was the distributor's choice, not his. Oh. Even if he was a producer right. on a lot of these other movies and, and helped get them made and stuff, he mm-hmm. never wanted them to be called Beyond the Void. Or, <laughs> beyond the door. Beyond the door. The first one, one. The first one, yes, but he. I think he was like, you know, maybe we should have made a movie that would have been a sequel where another person gets possessed by the same demon or something. Yeah, at least make it coincide. Or the kid or something. Like, yeah. it, like take it off where the kid left off, which is even more weird because right. the next movie has the same, same actor. actor, but a different character. Like, this is confusing as fuck if yeah, you're watching really these confusing. back to back. That's almost like shitty to do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it all starts off with like Jessica, the mom, and she's like woken up to the sound of a demon orgasming and she like floats out of the room like she's in a trance completely. Mm-hmm. And the same night, her husband is like looking at the floor and he sees mud and worms on the ground, which is kind of cool, but not like. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. She wanders back in in a complete trance and like completely wet she keeps seeing this dimitri guy in the mirror which apparently she knew was her ex-boyfriend which they didn't even bring up until like before like he actually shows up and talks to the husband it was really weird like you didn't realize who he like oh okay they had a past relationship okay before this version that we watched Mm -hmm. this gave more information than i got when i first watched it because i didn't know who the fuck dimitri was weird yeah oh so that this gave a backstory to his character right it is they they show a little bit more than Dimitri meeting her and you know it explains a little bit more Mm -hmm. then there was like this part where there's like a fire that started in the middle of the house yeah they never really address it (laughs) yeah it was like a I think it was like a vision because it was the bathroom the bathroom just started on fire and the kids are like in their room right the little boy wakes up crying and the little girl his older sister this is where it's like again too too old (laughs) of dialogue for this kid right like it doesn't make sense she's like you gotta stop that man or it's gonna blow my mind Man, if you can't stop crying, you're going to have a real bad trip. And her dad knocks on the door and she's like, Christ, man, what now? <laughs> like a teenager. I know. Like, what the fuck? And that's when the dad finds a bite mark on the boy. So you're thinking, oh, no. He's possessed. He's the one possessed. Yeah. Because, and I guess that was their Italian twist. It's like, it's not the kid. Ooh, it's the, the mom. mom. You know, like, I don't know. Then Jessica, she like slaps that daughter for mouth mouthing off to the doctor when he comes over, uh-huh. which is really fucked up. She's like, I'm sick of your shit. Yeah, I mean, she is kind of a shit. Like she's talking yeah. to her like she's in a fucking adult. She doesn't even call them mom and dad. She calls them by their first names. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I noticed that. I was like, did she just call her Jessica? And they have these like little moments where Jessica, the mom is like speaking like a man so it's or just down pitched because that's supposed to be what she's possessed yeah she's like yeah i love tea and crumpets would you like some soul (laughs) you know like it's like all of a sudden it's like whoa and everybody's like tripped out including the doctor and he's like well that's not normal anyway i'll make a trip next week you know like (laughs) big deal no big deal there's even a scene where they have like Ken, the little boy, like talking to someone invisible and he tells him to sit in the chair and it starts rocking. And the sister's like, who's in the chair? What's in the chair? What are you making up now, you stupid piece of shit? <laughs> you fuck. 
you cocksucker, fucker, motherfucker. Like, she's just cussing. I'm kidding. She doesn't say that, but it just feels like... She should have. <laughs> right? She really should have said that, just to give it another exorcist nod. And this is where, the, like, one of the good parts of the movie is. is like, she goes to get him food. She's, like, sweet to him all of a sudden. Yeah, because he wasn't feeling good, so all of a sudden she was, like, in sister mode. Yeah, she was like, do you want me to get you some food? And she goes to get food. And one of the dolls gets up and walks in the middle of the floor like an idiot. And then she comes in and sets the food down. He's like, mmm. And it slams against the ceiling. And like the whole fucking room like goes like into fucking demonic fucking poltergeist room or Pee Wee's Playhouse like we always talk about oh, in the yeah. Amityville. <laughs> <laughs> Like the little kids getting eaten by cherry is fucking <laughs> genies floating around with like yanking body parts off the girl. That would be cool, but this didn't happen. In that this. didn't happen. Um, <laughs> I totally forgot about those creepy dolls too. Yeah, they would like had their eyes light up some yeah. of them, and then like the whole room. They had it in one of those. I forget what they're called, but one of those rooms that you can put on like an axis and like right. turn it upside like the down, rotating rooms. Right, like they did in Nightmare on Elm Street when mm-hmm. they had her on the ceiling and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like the camera stays in the same position, so you don't even realize that it's upside down or whatever. Right. But they kind of did that with this, but not all the way because there was real kids yeah, acting. Kids. And they would have gotten crushed by like some of the furniture and, and you shit. You can tell they weren't like strapped down to anything. They no. I think one of them did around. a cartwheel over a fucking table. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really funny if it did, but yeah. it didn't. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Clearly, we find out that Jessica is obviously possessed um, shortly after this, and she has no uh, bones in her neck because she does the hello turn of her head mm-hmm. to her daughter because her daughter's like, oh my God, I got out of the room that was trying to kill us, and I did a cartwheel over a table, and the dolls are trying to eat my face and suck up my head and eat, <laughs> eat out my soul, and she's like, Laying face down on the fucking pillow with her hands on both sides and then turns her head as if she's going to get up. Mm-hmm. But then her head just turns completely backwards. Like she's an owl. Yeah. And she's <laughs> just smiling with this plastered smile, man. That shit was so yeah, was fucking creepy. funny. It is creepy. And it's a really great shot. That's like it a, is a great shot. That that's was a like great a shot. that's like a gif that you could just use all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For, for mm-hmm. me anyway. I think there's a part where, like, Dimitri meets up with the dad and he just, like, all of a sudden believes in him, kind of, which is weird. Mm -hmm. Because he's telling him all this shit about, she's got to have the child. She's got to have the child. She must give birth to that child. (laughs) Over and over and over again. Even, like, the regular doctor's fighting over her because he doesn't believe that it's a demon, obviously. But that night, he watches over and she's all fucking possessed and, like... Speaking per- in another voice. That, she was like perched know. in the corner on top of a chair. Mm-hmm. It was a, wasn't it a beanbag? I noticed that. I, was I like, don't know. It looked like a chair I was like, to me. Oh. I was like, oh, that's a beanbag. She's got like that deep, dark, demonic voice like, hi, doctor. Want to come over here and lick my pussy? Like just weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, like demonic shit. I'm not trying to say that's what she said in the movie, but you know. <laughs> Sorry, when you're Satan, things get a little, you know, when you. Vulgar. <laughs> Things get vulgar. Well, they demons are fucking vulgar. What do you yeah, want? I know. Want them to be kind and nice? <laughs> Would you? 
Oh, hello, Jesus. Would you like to have some tea time? Mm-hmm. Would you like to have... Oh, oh, excuse me. Was I my, my, my legs in the way? I know. Demons sometimes can be a son of a gun. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're out of control. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, she's like... He's, like, freaked out. There was this really odd scene that I got to mention where the dad's, like, walking down the street. Mm-hmm. After, oh yeah! After Dimitri convinces him to leave her with him mm-hmm. by himself, it's like, oh yeah, sure, your ex, whatever. Just yeah, just go ahead and hang out you with my pregnant wife, who's obviously possessed. No big deal. So are you talking about the part when he's walking down the street and then he gets like attacked by a par- like a bunch of musicians? Yeah, well, there's a guy with like a nose flute and he's like yeah. playing with his nose. His he's like, nose. And it's like, he's very aggressively playing that flute in his face. Uh-huh. And there's another guy with a drum that's kind of aggressive, too. But it's like, that flute guy, man. Yeah, it really stood out. He said that they saw those as street performers, and they wanted to add them in the movie. Ovidio uh-huh. did. Oh, that's... I, I thought that was funny. That's cool. It's kind of weird. But they... Because yeah, ca- this movie has this, like, 60s kind of, like, out there, totally man. Kinda, 70s. Totally no, it's hippie, like hippies. It's like late 60s style to the 70s mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like they like they dragged it into 74 mm-hmm. i don't know it just has these weird like like jazz funk moments man mm-hmm. uh- <laughs> oh so when dimitri is there alone with her and obviously she's getting like very possessed because the demon knows who dimitri is right there's this really cool <gasps> shot of him trying to open the door and she's standing in the back, like perched up on her little beanbag uh, chair. When he's like having his breakdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, it, it, that was such a cool shot. I even wrote it down because like it looked really technical with the door and stuff. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was just, a, it was, yeah. The, you could see her in the background being all fucking demonic and him like. And him str- trying to open the door. Yeah. Cause he's like having the struggle between him and Satan, the pact he made with the devil. Ooh. That was what it was all about. So, mm-hmm. but um, one of my favorite scenes was like, and she goes sliding up the wall mm-hmm. and is yelling at fucking Dimitri to rip the baby out of her. <laughs> she like spreads her legs open and he's like goes to reach for it or whatever. Rip it out of me, <laughs> Dimitri. You know, whatever the fuck. And then she pukes some black shit on his face, which I thought was going to melt his face off, which mm-hmm. I I was like, oh, that would be cool if it, if it, she actually spit acid somehow. Right. That but, would be cool. But no, it's just black shit and it's very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. That's the green pea split, split pea soup. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was just trying to cover his ass. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Juliet Juliet Mills the puke that she had. She said it actually didn't taste that bad. She said it, it, mm-hmm. it tastes a lot better than it looked. <laughs> That's funny. That's when the regular doctor comes in to check on her because like all this like showdown between evil and good. Mm-hmm. Dimitri disappears and then he goes in and he finds a dead baby under a blanket. She's given birth because Dimitri was pounding on her fucking stomach. Do you remember that part? Right. He's like, oh, God damn it. Mm-hmm. And he just starts pounding on her fucking stomach to kill it. And uh, it worked. Right. She, I guess she squirted it out in the corner and he threw a fucking jacket over it before he fucking <laughs> poofed out into existence. <laughs> He's like, here, cover the dead baby. And it's got no mouth. Right. Oh, yeah. They like fuzzed. It almost looked like it fuzzed it out. Like, I don't know why. Blurred it out. It, I don't know. That was that, weird. It was weird. It was anticlimactic. It wasn't really. So did she live? She she did. Yeah. Okay. They got like 
I don't know what happened, but yeah, she lived. See, they could have totally done a, a sequel with this family. With the kid, because at the end, yeah. he's holding the truck and Dimitri's yeah. connected to the, the car and he throws it off the thing and his eyes glow. It's probably just some random, like, you know, Suspense. wait, what? Right. Another twist for the, for the fuck you on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> he's like sipping his fucking split pea soup, you little bastard. <laughs> Use a spoon like every other fucking adult. <laughs> Use a spoon like every other cussing adult that you know. <laughs> every sailor that you're friends with, okay? <laughs> anyway, so I don't know. What did you guys think of that movie? I would love to hear. I'm sure some people are going to be like, how dare you not give that a seven or an eight or something? I, I, mean, I don't know. It's not my cup of tea. I understand. There was a sequel, though, although not the same, and we'll talk about that next. Um, it is called Beyond the Door 2, but it also was originally titled Shock. A couple is terrorized in their new house, haunted by the vengeful ghost of the woman's former husband, who possesses her young son. Which I think is a little too revealing, if you're going to watch this movie. I think it's better if you just don't know that. Yeah. Because we didn't. We did, yeah, which made it like, what the fuck? The tagline for this is called Prepare Yourself, and another one that was obviously this distributor trying to live up the Beyond the Door name says, Beyond this door, the development of the cycle of evil is about to occur again. That's a long-ass tagline. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like it. I was like, it's too much. This was directed by none other than the legendary Mario Bava, he was uh, famous for doing a lot of films. He was very influential into the Italian horror scene for the 70s and 80s. He did movies like A Bay of Blood, The Evil Eye, Blood and Black Lace, Black Sunday, Black Sabbath, Kill Baby Kill, Baron Blood, Planet of the Vampires, Kaltiki, The Immortal Monster, which I really want to do an episode on, Yay. which is kind of like The Blob before uh-huh. The Blob. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's like a version of The Blob. It's a little weirder. Mm-hmm. He did a lot more, though. It was also written and co-directed, uncredited, of course, by Lamberto Bava, his son. This was his first film to help direct his father. But, you know, he'd worked on set and shit in the past. But mm-hmm. this is where he actually said, hey, you take over, you know. Oh, that's nice. He's like, I'm tired. You go ahead and do it. <laughs> He's like, we really wasn't tired. He was just letting me mm-hmm. direct. But later he did Demons and Demons 2, Demons 3, The Ogre. The Mask of Satan, Devilfish, Body Puzzle, Blade in the Dark, Macabre, and more. So he's a director as well, and he's done a lot of different films. Mm-hmm. Also, it had writer Dardano Sacchetti, who we talked about last week, who the family's name was Sacchetti. Oh, that's When I was right. talking about that. Yeah. He uh, actually wrote A Bay of Blood, Demons, Zombie, City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, The House by the Cemetery, The New York Ripper, and so many fucking oh, more. that's right. A lot of Fulci ones. But there were other people who helped out on writing, but in the extras, they stated it was mostly these two, so I'm just going to keep it at that for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those movies where it's like 70 writers for some reason. Right. Everybody wanted a piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. But the cast in this movie is Daria Nicolodi, who plays Dora, the mom. She's best known for Deep Red, Phenomena, Suspiria, Inferno, Tenebrae. Opera, Paganini Horror, which we just got not too long ago, actually. Oh, we did? Yeah, I'm thinking about pairing that with opera for the future. I'm so excited. But she, but she was also in Mother of Tears as well. So she was in Suspiria, Inferno, and Mother of Tears. She was in the Mother of Tears trilogy, those three. Ah. In some way, shape, or form, you know. Uh-huh. 
Also, it stars John Steiner, who plays Bruno, the stepdad. He was in Caligula, Body Count, A Man Called Blade. Not that Blade, by the way. Oh, not dude. <laughs> <laughs> he was in White Fang, The Last Hunter, Tenebrae, and more. Also stars the little boy from the first movie we just watched, mm-hmm. who was in that movie and this one, and that's it. That's named it. David Colin, Colin Jr., it also stars Ivan Razumov, who plays Dr. Aldo, and he was in Planet of the Vampires with uh, Mario Bava, Jungle Holocaust, Eaten Alive, which I have and we haven't reviewed yet, Body Count, and more. The box office total made about 196 million lira, which wow. is about $118,000 US. Well, that's pretty good. No. Oh, wait, that's not good. That doesn't no. even out. Yeah, 118000 <laughs> is not very good. Like, oh. I heard the million. I couldn't find a budget on this either, but there might be. I forget if he said that it was what it cost. I think it was in the third one. I'm getting confused with. But Christina, what did you think of this fine sequel? Well, I was a little well, bit. Well, sort of sequel. <laughs> well, Alex, I was a little bit more amused with this one than I was the first one. You don't say, Christina. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, Like. You said this one was more of an omen ripoff than an exorcist ripoff because of the kid yeah. and the storyline with the well, kid. Well, it's not really a ripoff, but... Right, but I think them using the same kid was was confusing. It, Very. That we mentioned before. Um, I felt like it was kind of like the same scenario with the doctor friend because both of these families in both these movies, they both had doctor friends, which yeah. I thought was funny. Um, the end... I like the plot. I thought it was a good plot. Story. I like the story. I didn't think it was executed as well as it could have been. Okay. I actually think this would be a good remake if they would take this story and make it more modern. I think it would fly because it's pretty. It's a pretty fucked up. Yeah, story. Yeah, it kept me interested the whole time. Oh yeah, totally. And the ending. The ending is the shocker. Yeah, the real Ooh, shock. That's the real shock. You better take your heart medication for this one, fellas. <laughs> I didn't enjoy the ending. I think it saved the movie. But again, it was slow. Like, it was still really slow for me. But I mean, I gave it a four out of ten. Four? Yeah. What did you give four. the other one? Three. Wow. It's rough. I'm rough. What do you think, Mr. Alex? <sighs> well, this is a movie. I'm just kidding. No, I. I- <laughs> It doesn't have anything to do with the first, obviously, which it is really confusing to see the same kid and just a different character, which I really still just have no clue why they decided that other than the fact that maybe they are like, hey, another twist, you know, right. like maybe that's let's try to confuse them. Yeah, let's throw him off the scent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe maybe they were trying to drag his dead body over water. <laughs> can't find the fucking smell now can you uh anyway it's pretty much just a crash grab on that name outside the states anyway so it's technically shock technically for the movie uh which is kind of like a very elaborate haunted house story uh-huh you know this is mario bava's last made film uh, and his son lamberto bava helped direct it too and in a lot of ways, it has a Lamberto Bava feel to it more, but probably because he wrote it. Mm-hmm. There was a time there where towards the end of Mario Bava, his son was trying to push him into a more modern telling of horror, you know, because his dad was very classic. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he was trying to get him into the new stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that which, makes sense. You know, it was Stephen King was very big at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of a big deal, which I still think Stephen King's a little bit more classic. You know, than, well, now. Yeah. Because... It's old. Maybe. 
But this one has a lot of really twisty story elements to it that makes you kind of feel uncomfortable sometimes throughout the movie as it progresses. It's part so bad it's good, but it's also just kind of, I like it in general kind of movie Mm -hmm. for the most part. You know, it's all over the fucking place. Don't get me wrong. And it actually ends up making it work somehow. So there's something to be said about that. And it's one of those movies that makes you think you know is going to be the movie, and it totally changes that on you, 100%, mm-hmm. all the way up to the end, by the way. So you'll think you know, and you don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, we gathered pretty much what happened the first twist beforehand, but then there's right. like two more, and we're like, oh, shit. I think that means something for this movie. I think that's actually pretty cool that they did that back then, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, they do play with the boy being evil, the dad, the house, end up somewhere in between, even crazier. So it's just a complex haunted house story. Yeah. So it's got a little bit of everything in this movie, which could be a bad thing for some people who are not really dialed into being dragged all over a house like that or the story. And Mm -hmm. for others might be kind of delightful to see in one of these kind of movies, because let's be honest, a lot of Italian horror films aren't exactly hugely in depth about their stories. They try to be crafty sometimes, but a lot of them aren't. It's pretty straightforward. Mm hmm. It does, you know, it's got that traditional silly Italian filmmaking, but, you know, it's done by the legend Mario Bava, so even if it feels more like his son's work, it does some very interesting, very solid things in the film as well. So, it it, it definitely tripped me out on some of the things that it did. Mm -hmm. I'd only seen half of this movie, so I finally got to see the whole thing again, (laughs) and I don't remember why that was. I wanted to watch Shock so bad. And I started it and I couldn't stop it. And then I was like, okay, I got to stop it after like 30 minutes for some reason. So this is very much that spook house movie that you might be interested in. It's a, it's probably a low renter for most people when it comes to horror movies, mm-hmm. unless you're into like Bava or Lamberto Bava or, you know, any of that stuff, it's probably not going to resonate with you that well, but I think it's worth a watch to see. And it has a lot going on in it. So and we had some uh, quite a few unintentional laughs. We did have laughs. We laughed a lot, actually. We were just <laughs> filling in words and stuff. <laughs> I'd say, you know, if you're a fan of Italian films, definitely check it out just to see what you think of it, see where you land, regardless of what I think, because it doesn't matter what I think. If you're looking for the yes, big kind of movie, it, it'll have its fun in there for you. And I think it, it probably it has moments. I think it's worth it seeing it and uh, it's as big moments because it's like a like a six Mm-mm. for me. Oh, okay. On the S big scale. Mm-hmm. You know, I it excels at different things than the first movie did. Mm-hmm. Like this one is very yeah. story centric. Yeah. And I really like that about this. Right. And some of the, the S big stuff thrown in on top is just mm-hmm. like sugar. It's just the candy coating the on ice, it. The icing on the yeah. cake. So where this is a six for its own reasons, the first movie is a six for its own reasons. Right, for right. Me. That makes so sense. So it's very different. So that's why it's very hard for me to mm-hmm. to kind of like, ooh, which one's a little bit better? It's like, well, it depends what you're in the mood for, really. Right. If you just want to kind of like really intricate story, watch the fucking The Shock movie. If you're into wanting to see a rip off of fucking Exorcist and be kind of a little surprised at some of the ways they did the filmmaking, watch that one. But yeah, I still think it's worth a watch. I'm glad I own these movies. Mm-hmm. I like both of them. Uh, I'm, I'm curious how I'll feel about the first one again. Mm-hmm. Shock, I think, is probably a little bit more safer. Yeah, I think for so some, too. For most people, because I think the first one is just a little bit out there in some of the scenes. Like, there's like 20 minutes of footage that is just weird. Yeah. That shouldn't even be in the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We never mentioned that, but yeah. 
So I can see some people being turned off by that. Mm-hmm. Well, this one is a little bit more. Yeah, it's weird and Italian and stuff. It has like, you know, it's a little bit more m- mental staying power. Uh-huh. Probably a five or a four for most people. Mm-hmm. You gave this one a four. I gave this one a four. So I gave it a six. So it's a five. It's an average film mm-hmm. Um, for both of us. I'm saying, you know. Right. Yeah. We do have some trivia on this and some spoiler stuff that we're going to be talking about. But let us know what you guys think. Would you watch this one over the other one? Or do you like the other one over this one? Like, am I being a pussy for not giving one a winner? <laughs> or do you see the merit in both? Like, I'd like to know what you guys think. You're a pussy. This one's better. Okay. Well, <laughs> suck a dick. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, if you don't want anything spoiled, you can go ahead and down to the timestamps down below and skip to our spoiler-free review of part three, Beyond the Door 3, or a muck train, as they call it, or just the train, evil train. They've called it a million different things. So, um, but yeah, skip to that. If you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So this movie was filmed in June 1977, and it was rushed and hurried to get out to the Italian audience in August of 1977 that year. That's Jeez, some quick turnaround that's time. really quick. And also, this is, you know, I said it was the last film Mario Bava made, but it was not the last film of his that was released because apparently, you know, Rabid Dogs, which was released in 1998, got out there too because it was never released. Oh, I see. Yeah. Essentially, what happened is that the, the people who were making the movie, the production company and everything like that went under bankruptcy and the film got shelved for a couple of decades. And then one day they decided to be able to pull it out and put it back up. And uh, some of the copies have been uh, supervised by his son, Limberto Bava. So I'm curious to check it out. It's like a heist movie, but I haven't seen it. So have you guys seen it? Uh, David Collin Jr., the little boy that was in this movie, was only six years old when he when filming began. Uh huh. So that gives you any idea. There was how many years between the other one? Uh, two. Seventy-seven, seven, and seventy-four. Oh, three. Yeah. So four, three, four years. He, if he was six, wow. he was only three he was years three. old. Yeah, That's if that, nuts. he might have just been three too. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was interesting because we kept talking about that. Like, how old yeah. are you? <laughs> yeah. The uh, script's original title was called Al e Diva Davia Ora Gologia Fa. Sempre Freddo, which means it's always oh. cold at a 33 o'clock street. And okay. was, yeah, it was also loosely based on the novel The Shadow Guest by Hilary Wall. Lamberto Bava said that Dardano Sacchetti and he were influenced by Stephen King, which I kind of already mentioned. And, I see it. And he wanted to push that modern horror, mm-hmm. which is the story elements that you're seeing right. in this. That's why they probably pushed it. Right. I like, see. Yeah, yeah, totally. The twists. Totally. Mario Bava was also huge to the horror filmmaking, especially in Italy, but his work also influenced a lot of other people that you might not expect. And his son, Lamberto Bava, was talking about one in particular that he had seen back. This was recorded in 2009 or something. Uh huh. He said Tim Burton recently had credited himself for his style. Really? Based on Mario Bava, based on Mario Bava's atmosphere from movies like Black Sunday. Oh, okay. Which I is see. very aesthetically like right. beautiful. Like right. even in black and white, it's just like proportionate mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, Mario Bava passed away in 1980. So the music in this movie was done, which I kept bringing up because I was like, hey, progressive rock. <laughs> right. Uh, Libra. Was the name of the band, by the way. I looked it up oh, and I even okay. added one of the songs to my <laughs> did you? Spotify. Yeah, I always do. 
the popular blue poster that we see with the the girl in the fence and the razor and the box cutter mm-hmm. with the long haired woman there. She's like that's been appropriated with a few modifications from the 1963 paperback cover art by William Teeson for Shirley Jackson's novel. We have always lived in the castle. Hmm. So they kind of stole huh. it, which zombie three, we've talked about that right. and how they appropriated all kinds of stuff from that right. in their poster. You got Freddy Krueger, like fucking absurd, right. all this shit in there. Did you have anything that you wanted to share with the class about this movie that you liked or did not like right off the bat <laughs> that you couldn't talk about before? Let's see. You got to talk into the mic when you do that, though. Let's see. <laughs> I liked some of the special effects they did, and I like the atmosphere, like, especially in the cellar. And they would just, like, randomly go down to the cellar, and you knew it was creepy, but then they never, like, really went anywhere with it until, like, more towards the end. Right, okay. You know? Oh, the... Yeah, because the, the, they do go down there like a bunch of times. Right, right. So you don't really know like what's going to pop off. In the beginning, there were subtle hints of like this incestual thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, the the kid and the mother and like him staring at her in the shower. And it's like yeah. this kid's ready to fuck like, his mom. Yeah. And he actually he was humping her because he was watching. Oh, them fuck. yeah, dude. And that was weird. They were playing the next you didn't day say a fucking word when that happened. I, did, I don't want to fucking want to talk about it at all. He's all like, eh. Eh. It was weird. Laying and on the his mom, mom and the mom is just like, uh, huh? time to go get tea. <laughs> She's just like, I what? felt his boner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty nasty. Yeah, that was but weird. I'm glad. I'm thinking about how they had to train that kid, like to teach him, like pretend like you're holding her down. Yeah, like that's how they had to like mind fuck him so that he wasn't like pretending like he was fucking his mom. Yeah, which is just weird to have to think about. You, you wouldn't know? even know what that is, right? But, but ultimately, we're dealing with a child that's being possessed yeah. by his ex father who was supposedly committed suicide, but we find out otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, maybe this is why this kid never acted again. Maybe he's in jail for trying to fuck his mom. <laughs> probably was trying to fucking kill her for putting <laughs> you know him in this movie i'm just kidding i'm sorry wow I'm, I'm, jesus I'm look at dark i'm joking the scenes with the piano mm-hmm. i thought was interesting and it also made me think the razors and shit like that yeah. you're talking about yeah but or it, the or the laughing mouth <laughs> yeah that was weird but it made me think of my childhood because we had a piano my grandparents had a piano and i remember asking why do we have a piano nobody plays piano everybody has the piano and that, it, i don't know why it made me think of that my parents had a piano but it was like See? one of those ones that are like you sit up you know mm-hmm. that like yeah, this the straight ones. The yeah, it's not one of those grand pianos. The or affordable middle class pianos. Right. That see, everybody had a piano. Like I just thought that was weird. Yeah. Big everyone works. had one. I swear to God. Well, not everyone. Kid. It's like why? Few days later, she's they're having that party or whatever, and they're like, you see, like Marco get all pissed off that she's like kissing Bruno, her her stepdad, mm-hmm. his Marco's stepdad, uh-huh. and he's like, arr, arr. and then he tells his mom, he's like, mom. I'm sorry. I have to kill you. And then runs off and she's like really fucked up about it. She's like, what? Why, why would he, why try would to he kill say me? that? Yeah, why would he want to kill me? So then she like ties him to the fucking wall with a rope and starts beating on his chest with a bat. <laughs> it's like, what movie did you watch? The movie I wanted to. I'm just kidding. No, the kid's creepy. So you want to hit it. You know what I mean? Like, um, 
That's when she drags her fingers over the piano that you were talking about mm-hmm. just shortly raz- after that. She's like, what the fuck? You put a razor between the fucking keys. Like, that's dark. <laughs> that really is. And the fact that he's playing fucking, like, stupid about it. Oh, what? I didn't do anything. Oh, yeah, and she's, she found a note, too. And she went to confront him about this note, and he, I didn't write it. It's in your fucking handwriting. You stupid piece of shit. <laughs> she kicks him across the floor, like, uh, like, calm down, Jesus Christ. But really, it's just kind of the unraveling of this woman, because you realize that she, mm-hmm. there's a very thin layer caught between her and the reality of who she really is, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting thing, if you think about it, written back then, maybe not as well executed. Right. But. It is an interesting toy subject to have that kid be the, like, dancing one between it. Mm-hmm. Why would you kill mommy? Why would you kill daddy? Yeah. You uh, killed him. There was, like, some weird scenes where they had, like, a zombie hand, like, trying to grab her boob. And then there was, like, one that came was, out of the ground. It was and, holding a box cutter. Yeah. Like, that's the big thing in this. That's the murder weapon in this movie. The box cutter. It's just like, oh, God. Oh. Like, I don't know, like, and, and the, like, neck cutting of her husband and stuff is so weak. Like, you would think yeah, that it, really it would you would be digging into that motherfucker mm. like a fucking Thanksgiving turkey, you know? Like, she cut that went, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, oh, all of a sudden there's blood. You know what? Like, you can't get away with murder like you would be able to back then. You know Of what course, I mean? yeah. Like, with cell phones and stuff, like, you can't just kill your husband and be like, oh, he committed suicide because, you know, he left and he committed suicide. There's no body because it's in your house. Like, you know, like... Oh, yeah, he fell down the stairs. Yeah, you but know, like, you can't get away with shit like that anymore. No. It's fucking bullshit. Not at all. It's fucking bullshit. What the fuck? Who am I living with? <laughs> Jesus. Baby, I don't have a basement to put you in. Yeah. Calm, calm down. <laughs> you just throw me over the fence and the fucking... In the, in the with, part- the, with all the dead cats. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody will know. No, we didn't kill any cats. I'm just saying we have a lot of feral cats. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We really do. We like uh, neighbors like, can you smell that? God, it's like more dead cats than normal. I know, isn't it? <laughs> Would you like some tea? <laughs> anyway, so you, we, it gets revealed like there's a scene where like Bruno's like going to fly somewhere as he's like a captain of an airline and mom's like leaning out of the window eating an apple after all this fucked up shit's been happening Mm -hmm. and it's like they're trying to act normal like everything's normal and she's like i she's like see you at nine he's like unless the plane crashes yeah it's like whoa who the fuck says that especially a pilot you don't say say shit like that nobody would say that shit and then guess what happened marco stares yeah (laughs) marco mad marco needs to be kicked in the fucking head and baseball batted (laughs) to the chest after being strung to the wall (laughs) marco goes to his swing there's a window scene where the shutter comes down and like almost decapitates her cuts off her arm or whatever Mm -hmm. and marco's staring at that that's what i'm talking about oh okay what were you talking about well then he goes to the swing because he's gonna make the plane crash because he made the swing into a voodoo thing Right, but she calls out to him and it disturbs his mind powers <laughs> or demon powers or ghost powers, whatever the fuck oh, it is whatever. at this point. Oh, there was that there was that really funny part that we saw that we were laughing about where they make the they take him to a child psychiatrist and they make him draw pictures and shit. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, oh, see this one. I was telling him to draw his life and like the things that he likes. And he drew a tree, a plentiful tree with a thick trunk, meaning it's strong and branches that were plentiful, full of ripe fruits, which is a good thing. He's like, now take a look at this one where he's drew a picture of you and him sitting on the bed with his back to you, which could mean that there is a growing distance between you. And I was like, what is he fucking reading tarot? Like, is he fucking reading tarot cards to the mom right now? <laughs> we had a good laugh that about that. Weird. Then right afterwards, he was like, well, I think everything's fine with your son. He's like, you know, I, I, I know that because you had the anxiety of you living with that drug addict who it was, you know, ended up killing himself in the middle of the sea and then found his body in the middle of the sea. And, you know, six months that you spent in the sanitarium where you had those electroshock therapy, <laughs> shock therapy treatments. <laughs> Might very well have influenced your treatment of your son. And I'm like, Jesus. Jesus. That was a lot. It was a lot right yeah. there. It was just like two sentences. And like, that time what? where you were nailing cats to the ceiling and your grandmother was beating you with a fucking baseball bat well tied to the wall. It's like, geez, <laughs> calm down, doctor. And, she, and she's like, no, nah, that's all fuzzy. That's all fuzzy stuff. I, I don't even remember. remember any of that. Yeah, it's weird. I can't remember. You're weird, doctor. You're weird. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> It's not real. It's You're a, hoax. a weirdo. It's a hoax. And then she's like, I think it's a fucking ghost or something like that. And he's like, I don't think there's something. You, you're not being haunted by a ghost. That's r- rational. That's you coming up with something in your mind to justify your behavior. Well, shows him he's wrong. Everyone's dead. Good job. That's why doctors, you can't trust doctors or science. Hail Jesus. <laughs> Sweet baby Jesus will save us. Yeah. <laughs> The magic chariot man will come and save us. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, guys. Back at home, Marco takes a cl- his scissors and he's like cutting open his doll's neck and shit. And like his mom's having like a weird possessed dream where she's like doing a like a like her bed's flipping around. Mm-hmm. Didn't she dream of her ex like having sex with her and she's like enjoying it? But when she wakes up, she's like, ah. And then doesn't she have the flashback of her killing him? Yes, I think mm-hmm. it is around that time. And then you're like, oh. And then that's when they show like that. It was it was shortly after the fact where because like little little Marco's like, hey, mommy, I made you a picture. And he shows a picture of her cutting open dad's neck and he's like <laughs> beheaded on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, gee. Wow, this is, uh, I guess this must mean that you're a little aggressive lately and that you should play the numbers 23, 48, 12, and 6. <laughs> like a fucking fortune cookie or something. <laughs> what else can you razzle me, dazzle me with the fucking pictures over here? Let's make mama rich. <laughs> Roll them dice, bitch. Anyway. <laughs> So, but no, she chooses to, you know, freak out, have that bed sex thing. It was a cool shot, though, where they did, where they, like, spun the bed around Mm -hmm. so that it looked like she was, like, her hair was just moving, but it really, you know, the camera was, like, staying focused on the bed, and she was, like, strapped to the bed or whatever. It was weird. Now the whole house is, like, Pee Wee Hermoning up, and it's, like, you know, Marco's eyes are white, and shit's, like, getting real fucking crazy. They have that cool scene where he, like, runs up to her. Where he's like, mommy, mommy. And she's like, oh, come to me. And then he runs and the camera moves up. And mm-hmm. then it's like the, her ex 
Oh yeah, that was a really cool. Yeah, and, that was cool. They did that a couple times. Yeah, they do that when he's like, she's like, he's in bed and she like uncovers mm-hmm. him and it's like he's like, hey, <laughs> it's neck cutting your suicide boyfriend, yay. <laughs> uh, then she hears like banging in the basement and it's Bruno breaking through the wall. Right, and he's like, she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I had to, baby. To save you. To save you. When I found you and you had killed your boyfriend. Husband. I don't even, your husband, I don't think you even realized what you had done. And I had to cover it up for you, for the sake of your family and for the love of you. And I love you. Yeah. Okay. And then it's like, and then they I buried him in the wall and that's why we had to sell, we couldn't sell the place. We just had to move out and move into a different place. So because, and then move back in. <laughs> yeah. And then move in later, years later after the stench went away and they couldn't find it. <laughs> And then, you know, then we would take it out and fill the hole again with another person, including you. And she kills <laughs> She kills him. She stabs him in the chest and he's like, oh, no. That was funny. And her, like, put throwing him in the wall, like, she you're get dead him in. now. No, yeah. Her, like, trying to, like, flip him up and over in the wall. That's when the whole house, the house starts coming after, like, all the furniture gets knocked over. Ooh. And then, like, she goes to find Marco and all those weird things happen that I mentioned. The wardrobe kind of, like, approaches her, like someone's carrying it, mm. like a happy, like, Pee Wee Herman thing. Hey, hello, my name is Wardrobe! <laughs> <laughs> hello, my honey. Hello, my... Uh, <laughs> but then there's, like, a box cutter in the bottom of it, and the hand comes out and then, like, grabs it and comes at her, but she's, like, the one cutting her own neck. Yeah, so she's it's like, like fuck it. I'm she done. She sees it as a ghost, but she's actually cutting her own yeah, neck. Yeah, she's cutting her neck. So she cut her neck. I was like, damn, son. Yeah. And that then- was that was kind of... I enjoyed... Well, I did enjoy it, you know, but <laughs> it was interesting that they... But now I see the Stephen King elements they were, you know, trying to... Trying to, to add in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting because, like, you know, afterwards, the, the weird ending is Marco's outside after her mom's cutting her throat open. And he's sitting with his dad, and he's like, so what do we do now, Daddy? And he's like, I'm going to walk over here. You see the chair move out a little. It's like rot. Yes, and then he gets rotten. on the swing, the, the tree swing, and he's like pushing his daddy. He's like, yay! Well, this isn't going to last forever, kid. He's like, whatever. Way, yay! <laughs> I'm an orphan! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets locked up in a sanitarium because he's trying to play with his fucking invisible dad and shit. And then the cycle just starts all over it's again. It's like a new... That would be part three, you know, like invisible <laughs> <Yeah>. dad. <laughs> Beyond the door three, invisible dad. <laughs> They're like magicians now and they fucking like they do tricks and shit. Like, get on the swing, dad. Okay, son. He's like, he didn't say anything. That was you. I know, but watch. <laughs> I have to speak for him. They took over Vegas that year. Came big shots. Uh okay, so we do have another movie that we're gonna talk about. One um, more. One more movie, and then we're done. Uh, this one was Beyond the Door 3, a.k.a. The Train, Amok Train, Evil Train, has a lot of different names. The story is an introverted American student of the Balkan descent travels to Yugoslavia as part of a school trip to witness an ancient pagan ritual. But the pagans hide a deadly secret. Rocks. <laughs> really? Is that uh, what it says? Or it just, put that it in doesn't there? say rocks. <laughs> Okay. Because they're like clapping rocks the whole fucking movie. Right. It's even in the score. (laughs) Clap, clap, clap. Anyway, so this movie was directed by Jeff Quitney. He made a movie called Ice from 1989 and another movie called Lightning in a Bottle. Uh, It didn't strike twice. Let me just say that. (laughs) 
He's also written a lot of stuff for Animaniacs, Street Sharks, Mummies, Alive, <gasps> and Cow and Chicken. Animaniacs. Yep. You can't just, sing the song. I'm not. I just did the little We just bit. talked about Warner Brothers and okay. how they like to sue people. And here Sorry. you are. Uh, we also got this. He also did Mummies Alive and Cow and Chicken, in case you couldn't hear me over Christina. <laughs> you shut the fuck up. I'm talking. There was also a... I am talking. There was another writer on the movie called Sheila Goldberg. She did a movie called Stage Fright ghost house she wrote some of the dialogue for that movie the ghost house movie that's popular for being so bad it's good no idea that the the mst3k guys are notorious for oh, using i don't remember okay never mind he also she also wrote on zombie five killing birds which we just got recently body count and a few more some of the special effects in this movie were done by mario sicarella he did demonia thor the conqueror as well as spaghetti western films a ton of them and also Angelo Mattier, which did Alien 2 on Earth, which I own, Demons, Touch of Death, Macabre. So he the, the, the gore in this movie is fun, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I had to mention those guys. Some of the cast in this movie is Mary Connert, who plays Beverly, the main girl. She was in a movie called Valet Girls, Highway to Heaven. She did one episode. She did an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. She had a big part in Big Man on Campus, which I didn't realize was in 1989. Do you remember that movie? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was like the guy that like was like right. a hunchback in Notre Dame or some right. shit. Um, and Mr. Baseball, she was a big part in. It also stars Bo Svensson, who plays Professor Andromalek. Andromalek? Yeah, something like that. He was in The Inglorious Bastards, the original, and wow. Inglorious Bastards. Oh, okay. The, That's right. The remake. He a lot of the, the same people. Right. He was also in Kill Bill 2, and he got a start on Flipper, the TV show. Faster than lightning. <laughs> uh, he was also in Night Warning, Maniac Killer, Deep Space, Primal Rage, Curse to the Bite, and Speed 2, and plus many oh, more. Dang. He's been a lot of stuff. Yeah. It also stars William Geiger, who plays Kevin. He was in Roger Corman's Frankenstein Unbound, and that's it. A lot of these actors I'm not mentioning are people that didn't do anything again. Mm-hmm. They were just like random people they grabbed. Oh, okay. There's a that story on it, but. Okay. Um, there's another actor in this movie called Alex Vitale, who played Angel, the annoying guy that we kept making fun of. Oh, yeah. The meathead guy who just like uh-huh. tokenly says stupid shit. Right. He was in Robot Jocks, Urban Warriors, Strike Commando, The Bronx Executioner. And it stars Ron Williams, who plays Larry. He was in The Mask of Satan, Karate Warrior 3 through 6. Wow. That sounds awesome. Year of the Gun and The Master Demon. Uh, I couldn't find anything on the uh, budget on this, but we we do talk about some of it in the trivia. Oh, actually, yeah, I do know what the budget was, but it's, it's a long piece of trivia. Oh, okay. I can do it now if you want. Might as well. Okay. Well, essentially, they decided to shoot the movie in Serbia to save money. Mm-hmm. If they would have filmed in Rome, it would have cost them nine. They would have had a budget of nine hundred thousand dollars. Wow. If they shot in Serbia, they'd had a budget of four million. Oh, so it's a little complicated. Yeah, he was he was talking about how they were able to pay so many different people to act in the film because they would give them a dollar a day, which is like a thousand dinas. Oh, I see. For (sighs) that area, Mm -hmm. which was a lot of money, right? For them, yeah, right. So that's cool. Interesting, right? Yeah, Yeah, I like that. Yeah, good for them ripping off people, right? Well, they're not. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What the fuck? What the fuck, Alex? So what are we going to expect? You want to start a company and make children work for us? Like what? 
What? No, t- it was for a month. <laughs> it's like extra income. I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm oh my kidding. God. <laughs> anyway. Well, Alex, was this your first time seeing this one? Oh, is it my turn? <laughs> I'm just, you're like frozen. Like, yes. I don't know what's going on. Where am I? Uh, anyway. This three movie this bit is, is, is I, it's confusing. I, it's, it's not happening again. I'm no, done. it's going to happen again. No, it's not. Anyway, I have never seen this movie. I bought it off Vinegar Syndrome because I'm a nut for collecting like trilogies and stuff you like that. You are a completist. Yeah, I want to get, I'm a completionist. Yes, mm-hmm. very much so. Uh, but this is a movie that you should prepare your eyes and I'd say your anus for a weird helping of S big. <laughs> like this is like S big movie magic, perhaps for a lot of people. I think mm-hmm. like this is like a hidden weird movie that I just can't even believe got made. Right. It's weird. It's got like insanely good gore in it too. But don't let that confuse you. That does just because it has insanely good gore doesn't mean the build up to that part is worth it. Right. Because there's a lot of dry space. But those little happy snack treats we talk about on a fucking little breadcrumbs to the end are kind of funny. And then they fill it in with really shitty dialogue, really shitty acting, people getting burned alive and dumb shit. Like, that's just funny, I guess. It is. It, and it's really bad shit crazy, the idea of this fucking story. At least it provides, you know, laughs and the goods in the gore department. Like, that's what I think about this movie. Mm-hmm. It's played completely straight. Which mm-hmm. you need to have. It's an Italian horror film directed by an American and filmed in Belgrade, Serbia to add to the confusion. <laughs> so they had two different crews, two different translators for everybody. Wow. So it was really confusing. Honestly, I don't think it's overall that bad and it's not too terrible, you know, like to us, I guess, you know, like we really had an interesting kind of time watching it. I enjoyed it. I was getting a little tired there towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is some really good gore in this that I really feel like I've missed out on in a lot of movies. It's nothing like, I mean, there's some really cool scenes in this that the gore really fucking blown, blew my mind a little bit. Right. Uh, and how they did it and shit. And it was like really risky how they were doing some of this shit too. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm wondering if somebody got hurt. They were talking about how it was like they were risking it because the actors didn't, they didn't have stunt doubles. Let's put it that way. Oh my God. So. A lot of the stuff they were doing, they could have, someone could have gotten seriously hurt. Right. They were on a train. (laughs) So add that into your viewing experience if you're going to watch this. But I'm really glad I got this one. If, if not for the story, at least the odd gore. Mm -hmm. So essentially this is just about some cult that worships Satan that's looking for people to sacrifice and a bride for the unholy one to fuck. Imagine if you took the possession and weird shit of all the previous two onto a train. And that was like an evil Thomas the Tank engine <laughs> that just barrels on and off the track for its satanic destinations, <laughs> picking off literally everyone in its path on and off the tracks, by the way, guys, literally on and off the tracks, which I think makes that, you know, a very extra special S big movie for mm-hmm. me. The print. By Vinegar Syndrome actually looked fucking damn near flawless. I thought this was a 1990s movie when we were watching it. Yeah, we had to pause to make sure it was clear. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is, I don't even understand this. This is like really weird. <laughs> like even some of the style that they were wearing and some of the clothes and stuff didn't even fit like right to me. Like I just felt like the, it, it felt totally like a 90s film. Well, I mean, it was 89. Right, but still. They were still dragging the 80s into the early part of the 90s before they started doing 90s stuff. 
but it was really clear so you could see everything. It's got some pretty good cinematography in it too. Like they really did have some good shots in it. Mm-hmm. A lot of like really kind of bland to colorful things, like contrast of the two, you know, because like the landscape and everything is like really drab and like dark colors. Mm-hmm. But they would like have these teenagers who are like wearing brightly lit clothes, getting impaled in the chest <laughs> and shit. You know, their faces melting off and shit <laughs> like that. Plus some of the dialogue is some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard. One character in this movie says hot soup literally like I think five times in a row. Yeah. He was like, so, oh, look, hot soup. You better Uh, eat some. Do you like hot soup, Beverly? I like hot soup. Hot soup. It was like they were doing a fucking ad campaign (laughs) for fucking Pepsi. (laughs) You know, only it was hot soup. (laughs) I don't know. But it gets the job done for all the gore and everything in it. I really can't. It is really good. There's like one couple of gore scenes in this movie that really make it the best thing that make me so glad I own this film. I like what they did, but this is a gore movie as far as I'm concerned. Watch a bunch of kids go to another country and get burned, beaten, and butchered alive, (laughs) and that's what you came to see. (laughs) And weird shit ensues in between, and you'll have a good time. A train running off the tracks killing people is stupid and fun, so Mm. I think you should watch it for an S-Big film. I'd say it's like a 6.5, actually. Oh, wow. 6, 6.5. Five, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're all about six to me. Right. But this one has that little bit of extra just because of all the gore. I agree. It was good. Yeah, it's not I mean, like a great movie. I it just, wasn't like fantastic, but it was... I would know. watch all three of these again. Mm-hmm. See, I like that you could watch these individually. You don't have to watch them together. Right. That's so, another thing. From here forth, you don't right. need to. And out of the three, I would recommend this one more than the... I I don't know. I think you really should other. watch the well, first me. one at, at least. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I do. Because that's just me. I'm the average... That's like saying going though. Like that's like saying Dawn of the Dead is the better one, but you should never watch the first one. Yeah, if you're like a hardcore horror movie fan, whereas you're just like you know me, you know. I don't know. I think you should watch them all, guys. Anyway, the plot was good because you didn't know like who was gonna be good and evil. Mm -hmm. You know, with with all the people, which I I thought was kind of cool. I liked the train perspective in terms. I know this sounds weird. In terms, I like the train perspective in terms of there was many, many shots of like the train company trying to stop this runaway train. Because to me, it was like, that's realistic. Yeah. That's something that would actually be going on. And usually stuff like little stupid things like that. Falls to the wayside. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not like a big thing, but I thought it was a good filler for the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, there's the, they were trying to stop this train. They knew this train was like being all weird and shit. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, the quality of the movie was great. There was great shots in this movie. Some of the shots, like with the train and stuff, I was like, how did they get that without a, without a droid? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, they, what do you mean a drone? Drone. <laughs> I get the two confused. How did they get those shots without a drone? Did they use a helicopter? Like, how did they get the shot? They probably had something that went on. The train went under that they were shooting. No, no, no. I'm talking like, like side by side with the train, and it looks like they're in the field going up and shooting the the train. Hmm. I don't know. I was like, how did they do that? I need to know. I need to know how they did this. But anyway, the effects were good. It's a good S big movie, but I mean, I still gave it a four out of ten because you know it's just like 
I think, yeah. well, because I'm a gore fan, I'm definitely, yeah. I, this is the goriest of the three. It totally is. And, so and it was good. Th- it was that makes good it gore. a little bit more interesting for me as a whole, though, as a movie, mm-hmm. story-wise. It's really kind of bland. Yeah, it is. Um, it's, it's, not, it's probably more it's, bland than the first movie in some mm-hmm. regards because it's so just it's, stupid. It, it is stupid. And there's a lot going on. But there's it's so absurd pers- and weird that I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I've never seen this movie. Uh-huh. You know, Thomas the Tank, e- evil it Thomas really the is. Tank train, train engine. And it's only really like that for like 20 percent of the movie. Mm-hmm. But like you don't even really understand what's going on. But there's just so many weird moments that happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. Kept thinking, runaway train, <laughs> now come back. But yeah, guys, I don't know. You know me. I like weird shit. Maybe Christina's more your speed. Maybe you'll believe in her bullshit that she has to say. Don't waste your time. I think all of these are pretty much a, a, a fair above, slightly, at least slightly above average if you're a fan of Italian cinema. So mm-hmm. if you like Italian cinema, yeah, check them out. If you don't, maybe stay clear. You know, it might not be your thing. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be like her speed. So, I, but yeah. So we're going to get into our spoilers and thoughts and everything on this movie. And this will be the wrap up for the whole movie after this. If you don't want anything spoiled, you can go to the end of the timestamps where we'll let you know what we're going to be watching next week. And uh, yeah, give you some more information about that. So here is your warning. Some of the trivia on this is the director, Jeff Quitney, is a Roger Cormanite. So he comes from that space. Oh. So he got a job working for him. And this kind of gave him the opportunity to work with Ovidio. The, the director of Beyond the Door who became the owner and producer for these other movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And originally Jeff was supposed to write for him, which he did, but he came back and forth to Italy so much he kind of got to know them and they kind of liked what he did with his 1989 film called Iced, uh-huh. which gave him like a lot of people were laughing at the movie, calling it stupid, but they were like, what Ovidio was seeing is that, oh my God, he made this on 10K. Like, that's good. Like, this is really good what he did with it. Uh So he wanted to get a guy in there that could do that with this. And that's Mm -hmm. why I hired him. It was inspired by a novel by the the author Jersey Kozinski called The Jersey Bird, which Jeff pitched a different version of that concept to Ovidio. And he loved it. So he was like, bam, let's do it. And he told this really cool fucking story that I got to share with you guys because it's so good. If you guys have seen Piranha or Piranha 2, you know that the James Cameron connection where James Cameron was on set and worked on that movie for like a week and then got fired. Mm-hmm. And then he was like homeless and didn't have any money or anything like that. So he had to stay in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like really hurting after that. And Ovidio was the guy that actually fired him. So... Oh, it's interesting. He had heard that Ovidio did that, and he wanted to give James Cameron a call. So he just, out of the blue, decided to call his production studio, you know, like, and left a message. And he said about 30 minutes later, you know, he said, well, because he left a message saying, hey, could you tell him this is Jeff Quitley, Quitney, and uh, I'm working on a, a movie with Ovidio, and I wanted to kind of get in touch with you to see, you know, and he called him back 30 minutes later. <laughs> and he was like, dude, you can't work with him. <laughs> he's like you do not want to work with him you know he was like not expecting to hear from him at all you know so he was like kind of fanboying a little bit because you know mm-hmm. this is the fucking james cameron uh-huh and um he said uh cameron was like man dude you know that 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 made me like homeless i was like living out of a hotel i had nothing i ended up writing a script for terminator mm-hmm. in that time <laughs> because of ovidio 
He was like, I was like sick, sick, sick. Wow. And I came up with Terminator in this middle of the sickness. And he said, oh, video that that guy mm-hmm. is actually the Terminator in the movie. Oh, really? So he wrote him as that character to come after him to destroy him. Wow, that's weird. Right. So he was like, he's like, that's why the Terminator story got made. Wow. And he was like, at the end of their phone call, he said, you got to get out of there. James Cameron's like, you got to get out of there, Jeff. And Jeff was like, I have nothing else, man. He's like, I would, but I just have nothing. He's like, well, then I'd say just watch out for Shepard. He's a snake. And he's like, I'll keep an eye out for him on for sure. And sure enough, Jeff, like James Cameron said, Jeff had issues and a lot of challenges on the set, as promised by James Cameron. Wow, that's weird. So Bo Svensson added to that story a little bit later because he played the professor. Right. He came to the hotel to go to work, you know, because he had stayed in another hotel. I got another story on that. But he came to work and it was the first day that he met, like, the director and, like, all these people. And they were like, come, 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 you know, come to your hotel room. We'll get you all set up. And he was like, someone was like, Bo? Bo Svensson? And he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, who are, who are you? He's like, oh, it's Jeff. I'm the director. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, how are you doing, Jeff? Like, what's going on? He's like, well, not good. They fired me. Oh. And he's like, oh, no. He's like, well, you just wait just a moment with that. Don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Just wait. And he went up to his room and the phone literally rang as soon as he got up there. And it was Ovidio who said, hey, how are you doing? He's like, uh, he's like, oh, I'm doing great. You know, real nice and everything. He was like, so mm-hmm. what's this business about the director going? Not being fired or something like that. And he's like, oh, you know, it's probably misunderstanding. But do you like Bo? Do you like him, Bo? And he was like, yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. Why? And he's like, oh, then we'll keep him then. We'll keep him. What the fuck? So, like, it was that quick that uh-huh. Bo just happened to just be in that situation to happen to save his his job uh-huh. on that ep- on that thing. Where? Literally the first day of shooting, before they even got to shoot, they were going to fire him. Oh so James God. Cameron got a week. He would have gotten a day. He, and and Bo Svensson's the only one that told this story. Oh, weird. So I don't even know if Jeff knew this. Whoa. So, yeah. Isn't that crazy? That he he might have not mentioned it just out of respect for a yeah. video. Yeah. During the making of this film, by the way, guys, they were actually having a civil war that was happening in fucking Serbia. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this was in 1988, I don't know, I'm assuming 89, probably. Mm -hmm. The U.S. ambassador had to leave because it was getting to be too much. Mm -hmm. In fact, Bo Svensson talked about them going to dinner there, and he was like, as soon as they were done having dinner and he thought everybody was going to hang out, they just started packing up. And he's like, wait, where is everybody going? He's like, oh, there's a revolution about to happen in a couple of days, so we got to get out of here because it's not safe. Uh And Bo was like, okay... (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like there's jeff was saying that in order for them to shoot they occasionally had to have military protection by the government wow they had literally uzi machine gun nests in like four corners of where they were shooting at any point just to make sure that nobody would attack them Mm -hmm. but money sells i guess you know so right also jeff quitney never ever filmed any of the gore scenes he didn't do any of that ovidio did on the second unit Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He never got to see it, never got to shoot it. Oh, wow. He specifically wanted Jeff to shoot the dialogue for the people who spoke English mm-hmm. so that he could work with them the best. Oh, that makes sense. So, But he said, you know, I've seen the gore and it's just amazing. Like right. some of the stuff that they do in there. Right. He's like, I can't even believe that's in my film, you know. <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't, Ovidio didn't want him to do anything with the practical effects stuff. So 
Jeff, actually, the director, said that he's not real fond of the train scenes. Oh, really? The model train scenes. <gasps> oh, yeah. Well, those you could tell. Yeah, because it's like toy trains yeah. smashing into water and dumb yeah. shit. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's really bad. I don't even think it looks like the train, the real train. He said he cringes every time he sees that. Um, One last story I got to tell you guys about is Bo Svensson, the the guy who played the professor, said that he had an experience at the hotel. You know, every day he would go to work and everything like that. And every day he would see these two guys having coffee, drinking, and eating. Mm -hmm. Smoking, eating, and drinking. Uh Uh-huh. Every day. And one day he just said, I don't know what it was. I just got a wild hair up my ass or evil was speaking to me or whispering to me. But I went over there and I said, hey, my name is Bo Svensson. I'm, uh, I'm making a movie out here. What are you guys here? What are you doing out here? And they were like, he found out that one of the guys was one of the presidents of this, of, became one of the presidents of Serbia, Milosevic or something like that, he called him. Uh-huh. And who later died in the United Nations prison. What? So he Why? met that guy. And then he said the other one was a doctor who was single named Radovan Karšijek, who was responsible for the deaths of literally hundreds of thousands of people. Oh, my God. And he's like not after not not even long after they completed the movie that 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 he was responsible for that. What the fuck? So he met both of those people in the lobby. How That's a strange story. <laughs> yeah. He's Can like, man, he's like, oh, my God. He's Don't like, talk to strangers. Just <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, how you, you never doing? know. <laughs> yeah, you got to get out there, guys. Say yes. <laughs> what was that? That's that TV or that thing on YouTube? Embrace yes or whatever. They always say yes oh, to things. Yeah, yeah. Hey, do you want to come to my house? Yes. Hey, do you want to come get chopped up into a million pieces? Yes. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I think it's called Yes Theory. That's the name of oh, those guys. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched The ones that did that thing time. with like Will Smith or whatever. Right. But we do have a couple of scenes that we're going to talk about that we like, and then we'll wrap this bitch up like a fucking bow. One of the scenes from the beginning that really stood out to me and I liked. Mm-hmm. So the mom went to go drop the daughter off at the airport, right? Mm-hmm. And so the mom gets in a taxi and starts heading home. Oh, yeah. And then it, it was totally Final Destination, like before Final Destination. Um, they were on the freeway and there was a, a truck with rods, right? And yeah, it was kept, like metal posters, yeah, like I-beams or whatever. Right. And of course, it, you know, it the rods come off the truck and go right into her chest to her neck actually or was it, it decapitates her yeah it decapitated her which is crazy and not which, like an easy like slice decapitation either mm-hmm. just like breaking your trachea type fucking kill and mm-hmm. her head like barely hanging on by a little bit of flesh mm-hmm. it was pretty graphic yeah it was it wasn't a like mod podge type of fucking decapitation it kind of happens a little quick but yeah i totally got final destination vibes oh yeah well immediately when they started panning on that truck i was like i said it i was like oh shit final destination they they never did a final destination on a train no they they should maybe that's and i don't think so i don't know i don't don't remember (laughs) anyway there there was so they try to send word back to the girl that her mom's died because all these kids are going on this trip to Yugoslavia and her mom is like, oh, that's where you're from. Here's a book from where you're from and da, 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 and gives it to her and then dies as she leaves, mm-hmm. like literally within minutes. Mm-hmm. And they try to tell her that her mom's dead, but he, the professor gets the note and just chucks it in the water like a dickhead. He's like, huh? And he crumples it up and 
tosses it. And then later, they're on this ship, right? Like, or were they on the plane? I don't remember. I don't remember. Same thing. They get on a boat or something first, and then they go on a plane or mm-hmm. something. I don't. I don't remember. It's a plane and then a boat. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as soon as she gets off the plane, she gets word that her mom died. Mm-hmm. And they get on a boat and he throws it out. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah. Well, later all the kids are like sitting together and they're like picking on her because she's got some birthmark that we didn't even see that we have no idea what the hell. Yeah. They showed it when she was taking a shower. Remember? Oh. Because like that was like beginning, beginning scene. I didn't see that. It was the booby scene because you were too busy looking at her tits. Oh, that's right. Because she was like, no, I wasn't. It was because I was <laughs> laughing at her mom going, busting in the fucking right. door. She's just but- like. That's where her birthmark was. It was like right underneath her tits. Yeah, but where like, would the kids have known that? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, either way, the the kids were picking on her for her for her birthmark is all I was getting at. Mm-hmm. And and they are making fun of her and the professor's like notices it and he's like, you guys are rude. And then he takes her into his fucking like his bedroom on the fucking boat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come here. He's like, don't let those children pick on you. You're very special. Maybe I can help you. And then she just immediately lays on his chest. It was weird. It, it was, was very awkward. It was creepy, pedophile creepy. Very, very, very much so. There was like this other scene too where they go into this village because it's got that whole fucking like Midsommar kind of feel to it. <laughs> it totally did. And like they go into the middle of this fucking forest and like these people who are like banging on rocks and live in like grass huts, like dry grass huts. They separate everybody, including Beverly, who's the main character, and they put everybody into their huts. And then that night, everybody's like sleeping and they burn one of the huts with all, they burn all the huts with the people in it. Yeah. And one of the guys is just zoned out. He's like, I guess, been in, captured by fucking Satan mm-hmm. and is just staring there. And they're like, Jim, like, Kevin, dude, get out of the fucking flames, man. And, he, and he's just like, on, there. he's on fire. And he's like, get out of the flames. You can't just sit there. And he's like, just staring he's like, just like, nah. like he's like trying to take a shit or something. Yeah. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. And then he just melts in the fucking bunk. And they're like, oh, my God. And it's everybody weird. escapes. And they get on a train, and that's when more shit happens. Mm-hmm. They meet a guy who plays a flute who doesn't speak, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. Yeah, that was really cloak? odd. It's like, why is this guy here? One of the two of the kids, one of the bitches fucking couldn't catch up mm-hmm. to get on the train, so she falls down like an idiot. Well, no, she didn't even get on the train. That's what I mean. She yeah. falls down, so oh, she couldn't yeah, get she up. Trips, yeah. And then the other guy jumps off of the train and like breaks an his idiot. leg. Yeah. Like, oh, you really helped her out now? Like, she's gonna carry you everywhere. Great job, right. buddy. Um, at least she's not alone. I know, right? Then there's like, uh, down the road, down the track of the train track, there's like a fire on the tracks, and then they have to like stop the train, and it's those village people mm-hmm. and the professor, right? Right. And they stop it, and like the train conductor goes outside. And then he's like checking to see what it is, and his scarf comes loose. It grabs his yeah, leg. That was weird. And he's like, "Hey, wait, wait!" And then the train starts up and goes forward, and like rolls over his body and decapitates him. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of silly. Yeah, the scarf thing was weird. It decapitates him because it pulls on his neck, and then his body goes under, and his head gets t- is tumbling along on the front of the fucking train, mm-hmm. which is kind of cute. We didn't even talk about v- Verna. Because Verna's this witchy lady who was in with the instructor. Oh, the gummy. And she she checked uh, she checked Beverly to make sure she was still a virgin, which was weird. 
Well, they they talk about Satan and like they're trying to treat her nice because like right they gotta get her to have his baby or I don't know. There's even one scene where that she goes up and she gets like held up in the front of the train because like after that guy in the front of his head gets decapitated, another dude gets sucked into the fucking to the 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 place you dump coal into to make the train run. Mm-hmm. He gets sucked in like like it's like it's like whoop. Yeah. <laughs> And so everybody's dead that runs the train and she goes up there somehow. I don't know why. And like all of a sudden, like you can hear Satan talking to her. Yeah, it's all telling her what's up, like what's going on. Yeah. And it's like you're trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, really. The train, one of the train conductors also, he gets smashed between two trains, right? Mm -hmm. He tries disconnecting it so it to slow it down or something. Mm -hmm. And then like it catches up and smashes him. Mm -hmm. Blood everywhere. That was kind of a cool scene. That was cool. Oh, there's this one, the one scene, oh my god, there was this scene where Beverly's getting talked shit to by this other pretty girl who's just pissed off that she's on this, this train with her. Mm-hmm. And she's like in, she goes to bed and everybody's mad at her because fucking Beverly slaps her across the face or something like that. Mm-hmm. She's being a bitch. Yeah, she was being a real bitch. I forget what she said exactly, but she goes out and then her boyfriend comes after her and he's like, yeah, he's like, what's up? And she's like, is everybody mad at me? And she's like, yeah, everybody's pretty fucking mad. I was pretty fucked up. What you did just said, you just said right there. She's like, I know I feel really bad about it. And she's like, do you love me? And he was like, yeah. And he comes over and kisses her, and all of a sudden he's got like worms, worms or maggots or something in his or, mouth, and her, well. and she's just like bleeding out of the top of the head out for no reason, right? And then she pulls off half of her face, and it's like rotting with maggots and blood just spilling out, which was fucking amazing. <laughs> it was pretty cool, but it made no sense as to why, right? Like, there's no reason, just an evil train, right? I don't know. It's too bad this movie's just okay, because that was a great scene. That was a good scene. That's when the train derails, and they use the toy train model to kind of explain how it's, like, driving across land for no reason. Right. And everybody's, like, pretending to bounce around on the train. Like, well, this isn't, you know, soft. (laughs) (laughs) And then it finds new tracks all of a sudden. (laughs) Like, it knows where it's going, and it's like, you know, it's because it's the evil train. Yeah, it's possessed. (laughs) It's a possessed train. Even the train tracks are moving themselves for it. Like, it's like weird shit. Is Satan take the wheel? Like, there's this scene where the fucking kids, the two kids that fell off, the one that broke his leg with the girl who was an idiot and couldn't make it on the train, Mm -hmm. they somehow stumble to a hut and find a, uh, like a boat. Mm -hmm. They get on the boat to, to, to take the boat and she's all fucking like out on the bayou. With a stick trying to move herself through the water in Serbia, I guess. Well, it's Yugoslavia in the movie, but. Mm-hmm. And the train derails to go off the track. To find them. Through the fucking bayou to kill her. <laughs> and like, it's, it smashes into their boat, like in the worst possible toy model crashing into a boat it scene. It's pretty bad. And you see her head just flipping up in the air. And then the next scene is Beverly holding her head. <laughs> And she just chucks it on the ground. She's like, guys, I'm evil. You need to stop me. 
I got I like killed myself because I killed I, all these people. Yeah, I killed all these people, and I can't be stopped. I'm an unrelenting force. And then they're like, at her wrists, and it's like she cut her wrists after dropping this girl's head, mind you. Okay, and they're like, "Oh my god, she cut her wrist!" <laughs> yeah, they were trying to help her. <laughs> so unrealistic, dude. Like anybody carries a head into your fucking space. I don't care if you're on a train, right? Anywhere, get like, away from a, a bowling me. alley. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't fucking care about them when they fucking cut their wrists you're like oh my god you know you got a head (laughs) (laughs) you're not worried about someone's wrist after that right i don't know i just thought that was really fucking funny funny. they meet some thief on the on the on the train too who just appears out of nowhere yeah she's like on there trying to steal only 10 percent of the people who send money via the train for mail because they use the train to to transfer mail between place to place and she's like opening mail and then like taking money out 10% only by the way guys fucked up so she doesn't get caught for stealing at all and uh she's like that's how smart I am and not only is she smart there but she knows how to fashion a bomb because you know that's what thieves do they fucking know how to fashion bombs out of fucking C4 uh huh or whatever the fuck it was whatever it was I don't even know she managed to blow herself up though well yeah they try to like cut the fucking train so that like they can disconnect it because they can't unhook it so they figure that they'll just fashion a bomb and blow it up but they fumble folly it around (laughs) and they fucking one of the dudes gets his (laughs) he's like hanging in the wires that keep the trains together it's a good idea and the train like the the the, like chains break and cut through his torso (laughs) and then his body his legs go under the fucking train right and this Mm -hmm. is we're talking about in between two trains right and not only that these actors are not fucking stunt doubles okay these are like regular kids who want to be in a movie who probably got paid jack shit right just to be in this film and he somehow his body like falls and he you see him and he's like hanging in the wires this is the best it's it's like a robot but it looks like really cool they have its head turn and look at you on the camera (laughs) (laughs) and then it goes under and its head gets rolled over it was pretty cool. Decapitated. Watched, yeah, that was really cool. We watched that scene a couple times. It was that cool. Yeah, it was really interesting. I just thought that was really funny. It looks like a puppet or something, you know? <laughs> um, they even have, like you said, the people that were trying to stop the train by removing pieces of the track down the road. And it, like, took them forever just to get, like, you know, like, 20 feet done. Right. And they, it, it just, like, the train goes right past them, like, whatever. Yeah, like, nothing happened. So, like, everybody's pretty much died. The girl blew up. She was, like, the mm-hmm. remaining person, except for Beverly and the flute guy. And all of a sudden, he's just, like, he's not said a goddamn word. He's been playing flute like a goddamn son of a bitch. And nobody knows why he's there. And... <laughs> oh, we know why he's there now. Yeah, this is the part that made me laugh. They're the two survivors, and he starts playing his little flute hard out again. And the wind knocks off his hood and he's because he's wearing this like, you know, cloak thing, cloaky thing. Yeah. And Beverly smiles and all of a sudden she's naked and he disrobes and and he approaches her to for him to have her play his flute. <laughs> and she blows on that meat whistle oh like a mother. <laughs> oh, my God. They have sex, essentially. That's so what she's happened. not a virgin anymore. Yeah. Pretty much. But we don't know that for sure. It's not like... I wish they would have showed proof, you know? Like, have some class. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Anyway, the train eventually stops on its own. 
next to the villagers, the crazy rock clapping fucking villagers, and they escort her out. And you know, the the tarot reading woman, the the witch that we were talking about earlier, she she like stuck her like in the in the beginning of the movie, she sticks her hand in to touch the girl's vagina and see if the hymen's still there. The see if the hymen's still broken. And so not only does she read. tarot but she also reads vaginas <laughs> to see if she's uh she's like a virgin seeker and so you got to be careful you know like she knows what she's doing i have a question if you're satan I, yeah you're funny that's funny i think it's funny if you're satan and like you're getting a bride or whatever i don't understand why satan well, would a virgin right and not only that why does the entire this entire movie pivot on the fact that she's a virgin and if she's just a virgin, wouldn't like there's a scene where like they take her up the stairs and they push her on the middle of nowhere. And then Satan comes up in a fucking clear plastic tube that's supposed to be ice. And he's like got long hands and a weird fucked up face. And then he's about to bang her and she does her terror reading check on her to see if she's a virgin. And she's not a virgin. And she's like, she's not a virgin. She's not a virgin. And everybody panicking and running around. And I kid you not, Satan fucking explodes <laughs> because he can't handle so weird. being around someone that's not a virgin you know what maybe this wasn't really like satan maybe this was mormonism <laughs> jesus i don't know what to say about that what's his, is his name that's, jeff or? it's a whole other discussion anyway. jeffries or whatever is that their name oh yeah What's his name? She's been watching too much of the fucking TV Polygamies. show. Polygamies. Escape yeah. polygamy or something. Yeah. Well, no, I, I know a lot about Mormonism. But anyway. Anyway, yeah. The fact that fucking Satan explodes is that all you need to know that this movie is just out of its fucking mind. But, you know, she fucking tricked everybody, the professor and everybody that she was like, you know, a virgin. And it's like, why would you make her go on this long journey when he could just come out like in an ice cube like at the end? Why don't you just pop up, have sex, get it over with? Why does it got to be this whole fucking trip on a train? Seems kind of weird, right? Like, like, wouldn't he go to like, wouldn't they go to the nether realm or some shit on the train or something? (laughs) Like, wouldn't that be more like appropriate that she had to be on the train? I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I don't mind that it was on a train. I think that's kind of unique and different. So I do too. It's just the story was just yeah. <laughs> Meh. I love that though. Oh, and then we forgot. We don't. We 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 don't say anything. They have Beverly. She like leaves Yugoslavia, and someone rushes her a book, and they're like, "Oh, someone brought this to you before you leave." And she's like, "Who gave this to me?" It was like a man. When she's he's still around, she's like, "Oh yeah, he's over there." And then he stands up and he waves. He's like, "Good having sex." Uh, I like your flute playing. And, and then he like fades away. Yeah. And then she's like on the plane and she sees like Marius, the monk who was killed for demonic practices, wrongly killed for demonic practices when he was clearly like a good witch mm-hmm. or something. So she lost her virginity to a ghost. Ghost witch. Yep. Yeah. A good ghost witch. Yep. He, she lost her virginity to a ghost. Yeah. And meanwhile, on the plane... All of a sudden, you start having severe turbulences happen. Just like in the second movie. Yeah. And then, and then, and then like, she's, like, getting sucked out of the window by the fucking Satan guy. And you're like, wait, no, how does he on the fucking plane? How did he get there? Terror at 60,000 feet or whatever the fuck it is. Some fucking (laughs) Twilight Zone shit. He's on the wing. He's on the wing. (laughs) But she wakes up. It's all a dream. 
And the stewardess is saying, you must have had a bad dream. And she's like, I want to go home. Yeah, to your dead mom. <laughs> she doesn't even know her mom's dead. Well, maybe she can hold her decapitated body or head. Yeah, maybe it's still hanging by that little <laughs> skin <laughs> flap or whatever. Little knob. Yeah. Little nub. The nightmare never ends for Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> the train is coming for you. Part four. It's on a plane. <laughs> Beyond the lavatory door. Part four. <laughs> it's a silly movie like honestly the better movie of the three movie wise is probably the 74 movie uh-huh. but the more enjoyment factor as big quality is probably this one yeah and the shock movie has the better story of all three yeah so it's kind of weird it's kind of weird like you know like it's- i i actually appreciate the first one and this is what we gotta wrap this up with because i really do appreciate the first movie mm-hmm. a lot and I liked it a lot more the first. I will. I think I wanted to give it like a six and a half or seven before, mm-hmm. and the, it was lower this time. So it's surprising, right? So what, your order is obviously what would you pick? Because you had well, two fours. I did. Um, I don't know. I don't know because, like you said, like it depends what you're S- in the mood for. Best to worst for S big only for S big three two one. So three two one. And how about for so the best story is. Best story. Oh, For, two, one, three. I'd say, yeah, two, two, one, three. Yeah, yeah. two, one, three. Yeah, because like that's the shittiest story, huh? Yeah, it really is. And then what about gore? Oh, three. Then in what order? Uh, I don't know. Three, between, two, one. Yeah, three, yeah, three, two, one. Yeah, because yeah, the first one didn't really have any gore. It had no. slime and yeah. That's pretty much how it worked out. I would like to know what your guys' order in that stuff is because, you know, I don't know. I just think it's fun. I'm really glad that you guys stuck around to the end for this. So we have to come up with a password for this one, right? Right. Diet right. Diet right. Yeah. If you've had diet right, you know, it's R-I-T-E. So you'll know what we were talking about by the end. So, but next week we got some new movies for the last week of Void October and we will announce the winner of the giveaway, giveaway. that we're going to be doing. So hope, make sure you sign up for that giveaway. You only have this last week, but yeah. So I hope I, I can't wait to let you guys know who won. We'll pick it out before we do the episode, of course, and then let you know. And hopefully you can confirm that with us before the episode airs so that we can get it done. Good luck to all of you before we pick that person. And next week's Voidtober is Carrie. And Phenomena. And Phenomena. You already said that. I'm sorry. Did I? Did you? I don't know. Oh, whatever. But we're doing Carrie and Phenomena, so it'll be two different movies with mine. Is it mind powers? I don't know. It is mind powers. I don't remember exactly a lot about Phenomena. It's been a long time. I I remember there was something that happened in the movie that upset me, and I can't remember why. They better not kill any animals. It's something with a story element that really bothers me, but mm. uh, I figured these would be two good movies to see, and they're all connected, by the way, because we got people from all of these movies this whole month mm-hmm. in these movies somehow. It's our, uh, that's it's like what it's we do. It's all linked together. No, no, it's because we pick them subconsciously. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't realize. We pulled it from the God Ether. <laughs> Anyway, but guys, thank you so much for coming by this week. We really appreciate you. And uh, we hope to see you next week for a brand new episode of Beyond the Void. But thanks for coming by. And as always, long live the void.